0: This is a slight wrinkle, but no, nothing, nothing to worry about. We're just going to have to go into the server room from the outside. What? Well, the firewalls on this building's server are military gray. I could hack it, but it would take too long. Then hardware in. And there's four layers of next-gen security between us and the server room. There's no way we can get to it from inside. If we can't get to the server, we don't control the elevators. We don't control the security cameras. This operation's over 40 even begins. I'm telling you, we can get to it from outside. We? I'm, I'm on the computer.
1: I, I'm just uh, the helper.
0: What floor is it on? Oh, 130. 130. Do you expect me to talk?
2: The Secretary is dead. The President has invoked Ghost Protocol. We're shut down. No satellites, no safe houses, no support or extraction. The three of us and the contents of this podcast are all that remains of the Do You Expect us to Talk IMF. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to review Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. This introduction will self-destruct in five seconds in a phone box, but you have to go and bash it first.
0: <laughs> if you like I'm busy recording at the moment, but I'll bash it later if you like. Not like that. Oh.
2: But yes, this is 151 of Do You Expect Us To Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow spies, Chris and Dave, how are you both?
1: I'm spy. I'm spying very well, thank you.
0: Uh, yeah, what were the secretary's last words? Well, apparently he said, hey! Hey!
2: <laughs> <laughs> In a Fonz slash... Anthony Hopkins impression.
1: Well, well, his last words was like, "Was, was always like, think, oh, well, you're about to die." <laughs> he was still, I've always considered you as a friend, dead. Yeah. <laughs> you're a friend of
2: mine.
0: Yeah, never picked up my American accent though, did you? <laughs> yeah, Tom Wilkinson's not good at that. But anyway, we'll get to yeah. It. He must oh,
1: yeah. have, he, he he must have picked of of it. up. He must have picked up while working in the mines. Yeah,
0: before the full Monty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's yeah, this a, is it.
1: it's,
0: it's it is a variant on what he did in Batman Begins. It's more like he did in what's that film he did? Was it In the Bedroom? He did a film with Sissy Spacek where their son died and he was oh, really, yes, really it was, good. Yeah, in, I
3: think that
0: was it. He played American in that. And, it, and um Eternal Sunshine. It's it's that version of his American mm. accent, not not the game. It's quite
2: a broad push. one, isn't it? It's not any any kind of region, know, regional regional speciality.
0: I always feel like so many of these actors do do the American accent, like it's been described to them rather than they've actually ever heard one. And... This is
2: quite a tough thing tough thing to nail, I guess. It's like I mean, you know, as we know, so many American accents, so many American actors well, Alec Baldwin now, the it? English accent.
0: Alec Baldwin got it right. Eric yeah.
2: Um but you know, vice versa, definitely. I mean I struggle with English. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah.
0: I was gonna say I can't even do like a accent free English accent, but there you go.
2: No, with my butcher accent and your south country accent Chris's northern yeah. accent together. Oh dear, no hope.
0: Together we pleasure everyone.
2: <laughs> tickle your, tickle your earlobes and your eardrums.
0: Or for the right Patreon level, we'll pleasure everyone.
2: <laughs> You're on your own. Oh, pleasure. No,
0: so that's your own <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> yeah.
2: Individual Patreons.
0: <laughs> Travel costs not included.
2: <laughs> anyway, so tonight we are reviewing Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, starring Tom Cruise, Paula Patton, Simon Pegg. Michael Nyquist I can't pronounce his name Jeremy Renner Lea Seydoux Anu Kapoor Ving Rames, right at the very end and as we've just been discussing an uncredited Tom Wilkinson plus Josh Holloway aka Sawyer from Lost and Andreas Wisniewski again from the first Mission Impossible movie and The Living Daylights
0: who I didn't spot even though he was front and centre in a whole scene (laughs) she said Beckers had to tell me that before we started recording I didn't know
2: it one like of those things I was like, hold on a minute, is that Andreas And I was like, oh, so it is.
0: He's quite yes. distinctive looking. You think I'd, you know, not because uh, he's, he's got three eyes, got eyes or something. Cameo. He, he does, you know, you couldn't mistake him for somebody else. And yet he's turned up in two films we've we've reviewed now. And I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> by the time. <laughs>
2: that shows how good he is in What was the other one? What was the
0: other one he, um, was other one he turned it. up in that we reviewed?
1: It, was it the first Mission Impossible?
2: Yeah, the first Mission Impossible movie. Okay. All right. He's going to have contact between Ethan and Max. And again, here he is.
0: Or Maxine.
2: As it, yeah, it's contact between... Okay.
0: Yeah, well, that's the twice phone, I've failed to, failed to spot somebody from, like, a superior Bond film, but there you go. <laughs> also, well, then,
1: um, gap. also returning is uh, Michelle Monaghan, who were uh, in, in an unexpected the
0: cameo, right at, the cameo end. at the
1: end. Also, Bond Connection, Lea
2: Seydoux. Yeah, before she was a Bond girl, Lea Seydoux. Yeah.
0: Now, I've always had a bit of a thing for Lea Seydoux, and I remember when I first saw this film, I thought, God, she'd be great as a Bond girl. There we are, Dave. Mm.
2: <laughs> he called it. Just, just called saying the Bond him. film
1: wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she's lovely here. I always like I've always had a thing for L Sadie.
2: Looking forward to seeing that in the, the next Bond film coming soon.
0: Briefly, probably.
2: Briefly. But yeah.
1: <laughs> it's personal now. It's all
0: personal. I, I, I'm just hoping he cradles her cor- corpse and looks up to the sky and screams. <laughs> <"No!"> <laughs>
3: Well, I, I, hope well, 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 I
0: hope a bit of a necophilia is? Uh, <laughs> it's really difficult because if she dies, it's cliched, and if if it turns out she turns evil or something, that's cliched too.
1: Yeah, uh, but then again, it's not really. It's done less though in Bond, isn't it? I mean, if she, if it's a, if they do like a major twist and make her like like the real Blofeld or something like that, that would be like, oh well, okay, okay.
0: F- fair play. That would be but, a real. The whole you know, thing well, was a lie well, to begin it, with. What is it in the book? Is it Tiffany Case? One of them, they they come to the next book and it just didn't work out. Yeah. And it's like, we'll try that. But there you go. Anyway.
2: There's a plot twist that we didn't see coming. But no. Um...
0: Having said that, the little behind the scenes footage of Bond 25 has perked me up a little bit.
2: Mm, it looks good, doesn't it?
0: It looks like it's going to look and sound interesting at least.
2: Yes. Looking forward to that one.
0: And I'm really glad, this will be quite controversial, I'm quite glad they haven't gone with David Arnold, but that's not a knock on David Arnold. I just have a bit of a an issue with trying to produce Greatest Hits Bond, which the Daniel Craig era hasn't been generally, apart from Spectre where they brought back Blofeld and all the rest of it. But I don't like the idea, the series has to very slowly and carefully move on. And that if means trying try new is, sounds. If
2: this is Daniel Craig's last one, maybe they'll save him up for the next one.
0: I, I, it's just this thing where they say, "Well, he, he he won't be able to channel that Barry sound," and it's like, "Well, that's where Bond made a bit of a rod for its own back, really," you know.
2: Yeah. At the same time, it's like you don't you don't do you want to channel that Barry sound? Why not have you know a, a Thomas Newman sound or you know, I forget the name of the, <laughs> the um, of the composer, um, but it's like he wants somebody to channel their own sound and put their own stamp on it, yeah. rather than just kind of living in the shadow of
1: see anyone can it imitate
2: game before.
1: yeah anyone can imitate barry like you know even just like sort of play a little homage here and there Everyone's has got to get that sort of sound when you need it but really you want someone who's like a bit more new and fresh don't you to like carry on forward you want it like sort of okay well
0: yeah.
1: let's give this guy a go he's you know like you know, maybe henry jackman or something like that
0: or if it doesn't work try someone else next time it's not yeah. that big a deal but I, I get it. It's got its sound. You wouldn't suddenly put a jazz score on Star Wars or something. I get it, but it's just like <laughs> well, they, well,
1: they did that. It, though, it, didn't it, it, but even
0: even Barry didn't really imitate Barry in that. Like his Majesty's score doesn't sound like his You Only Live Twice score. Yeah, but you know he incorporated you know that general sort of portion of the sort of scale and and various selection of notes to create something different. But uh, oh, I was on the internet earlier and like somebody posted about, you know, what are the worst Bond scores? And I was biting my fucking lip because like uh, the, there's only there's only a couple of acceptable wrong answers there, really. I mean, <laughs> obviously, never say never again, which is non-official. GoldenEye. And as much as I like it, I would understand somebody saying like for your eyes only or something. Uh, I would get that. But honestly, people were putting things like, oh, a view to a kills by far uh, the worst. and some twat even put you only live twice Uh, i I don't know what the fuck it's and someone put (laughs) non-official never say never again official diamonds are forever and i'm thinking they keep naming these really (laughs) great scores here
2: well it depends kind of you know what you think really i think it just depends on your opinion or depends on how you view like certain instruments or you know certain orchestration
0: well you are right your opinion does tend to depend upon your opinion well, yeah. So
2: I, I, didn't, I, didn't word, I didn't word that properly. Well, say, you know, it's, I, it's like, I, I can understand, you know, if you're only. I mean, uh, it, just because it, With me, it's a real kind of marmite as well, and I am kind of slowly coming round,
0: but I'm still a little yeah, bit like. but you get anyone saying I don't like
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and obviously, Golden knight. I still think you know there is somebody out there who does love it and is waiting to be appreciated, but it won't be appreciated in this in this particular generation. And but, it's just bad. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's mostly sort of reflective of what they feel of the films themselves. Or yeah. they all, or tell, it just tells me, like, we well, have not really listened to it. Because even something like GoldenEye, I mean, while, There's yes...
3: Bits of it are very good.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, 50% of it is absolutely fine. So it's actually rather good. It's just the, the, the not-so-good bits that stick out. <laughs> it <tried> it out.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, we had a whole podcast to talk about it, and we did. Yeah. And, and so... We were quite balanced. We did fall down on the side of overall, the effect's not good, and it's one of the, it's probably the worst score in the series. But do note these bits that are good. Yeah. Obviously, because right at the gate you
1: got steel drums and you got that
0: car chase bit, and also yeah. it's like, oh what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was answering in one line on the internet though, on a thread, and someone said worst score, I'd go, well, God no. So yeah. That's fair <laughs> enough. But you only live twice in Diamonds, really. To the premier I think it I do, like, I a
1: like a few to a kill, just tells me you've not really listened to the score because it's brilliant. Yeah. It's one of the best things. Yeah, in the score
0: superb. Um, and in fact, that's grown on me over the years because I used to think I used to think The Living Daylights was a better score, and I listened to it again after Charlie disagreed. I thought they were both yeah. very good, but I listened mm. again after Charlie disagreed. I sort of called it up on YouTube and had a good listen, and it was like, yeah, I know he's right. This is a better score. Yeah. But there you go. I mean, the other one people were naming was the Thomas Newman scores because they have gone down like a lead balloon with Bond fans. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't think okay. we've just kind of just gone forgotten about them, really. Which kind of, yeah.
0: It's kind They're of not overly funny. memorable, are they?
1: No, no. I think, I think it just kind of shows you where, where Bond is as a production, is not it? Just like, okay. Oh, I, don't,
0: I don't know what to make of the new guy because that's another thing you'll see. When Dan Romer got named, people were going... Well, I can't hear anything of Barry in any of his scores. It was like, well, he wasn't scoring a fucking Bond film, was he? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Beasts of No Nation doesn't sound like Bond. Well, I'm fucking shocked. <laughs> so,
1: I was not going to, is it? There's a reason why. Hmm. It's like like David Arnold. What, the guy does Little Britain? Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, Little Britain sounds nothing. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh,
0: dear. You know, but there you go. Um so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. Anyway, back to tonight's film, where I might have some things to say about the score, um, particularly one section of the film where I thought he was channeling sections of his other work, but we'll we'll take it from when we get to it. So we've named who's in it. Um, I haven't got an awful lot to say about a background to this one because it didn't have the same revolving door. I did listen to an interview with um, Brad Bird, though. Brad Bird is... Uh, Probably best known now. If someone said name a film he he's done, people would probably say The Incredibles. Um, uh, in terms of where he made his name, probably The Iron Giant. Uh, but obviously he's, he's a Pixar alum. In fact, there is a little a couple of little Pixar references in this because they always get that A one one three reference in every Pixar film. It was the classroom they all sort of learnt in, in in some south Southern California college.
2: It was
0: Cal Arts. Uh, that was and it. The Bible can, Disney. You know. That's right. Yeah. Um, I could not have named that if I'd sat here all night, though, but I did read that earlier. Um, Brad Bird was um, looking to work in live action. It was as simple as that. He had had a conversation some years before with um, Tom Cruise, and I cannot remember what film that was off. It may have been The Incredibles, but Tom Cruise sought him out not for a specific project, he just sort him out because I think the thing that gets forgotten when it's a marquee star is they can genuinely be big cineasts as well and apparently Tom Cruise, in addition to everything else, has a particularly encyclopedic knowledge of film which is something you don't expect from like an A-lister in kind of that way and he met up with uh, Brad Bird to compliment him on whichever film it was, I think it was The Incredibles and they spent a long time talking about films, but the, at no point, apart from a general, it would be cool to work together. Uh, was there anything else than that? But he just said, uh, you know, he was just encyclopedic. Brad Bird said he just said incredible knowledge of films. He didn't just sit there and name chick some stuff. You know, he just did just sit there and he'd say, you know, if you seen The Godfather or something, he <laughs> he really did know his stuff. And um, uh, Tom Cruise he did... probably
2: filed that interview away for. for for later use and was like, ah, when the time came, Brad, I've got a job
0: for you. He would certainly have had some say, but where it actually came about is he'd had a conversation with JJ Abrams at some point as well. And JJ Abrams apparently texted him, and the one word was literally, mission, question mark. Um, And he sort of thought about it and said, that suits me, because I've not done live action before, and there's there's a sandpit to go and play in, and also it's the sort of franchise where you don't have to come in and do, I don't think he named Jack Bond, but Bond would be an example back in the day, less so now where you'd go in and do a house style Bond film. You might be able to do some things that put your stamp on it. But I mean, the only one who really, really did prior to the modern era was probably Peter Hunt, but he and he was working from inside the machine anyway. Um, so he thought it was great because he would have an opportunity to go in and do do that there were also um scripts knocking around for it and he said the thing that really got his attention was the dual meeting that that happens I don't he said it wasn't at the Burj Khalifa at that point but the dual meeting where there's two parallel meetings going on where one half are playing the part of the real half from the other meeting and on the other side you've got the real half play, you know, doing it with a false mm. half in another room and they both think they're at the quote unquote meeting he said that really really took his attention um, as the film developed I can't remember who the first scripts were from and I'm too lazy to look it up now um, but there were various versions of the script by the time Macquarie came on board which was uh during well into production Uh, The problem they had was it was a loose connection of action sequences. And so he was there to just provide a bit more heart to it. The only thing I can remember from Macquarie's interviews, because Arse About Face, he talks about it talking about his films later on. So I'll find out some stuff or rehear some stuff about this film when I'm prepping the next ones. But he talks about um, how, for example, in all but one scenes one scene of the film Jeremy Renner's guilt is about something else entirely and he decided Macquarie to make it about the death of Julia and they literally had to go back through the script and footage and watch everything and go does everything he said so far fit that and it does so eventually they shot that sequence where he admitted it all and that he was supposed to be protecting her and stuff that was all shot later And it was literally because Jeremy Renner was like, who am I protecting? What's this about? (laughs) Um, You know, he he just said that that made it quite a difficult shoot uh, from that perspective. But obviously the the script is, is something that he came in and fixed as opposed to wrote but it did get him involved with the Mission Impossible series. Um, Just after this, of course, they went on to shoot Jack Reacher together, which put him in mind. I always remember... I like Jack Reacher. I like the first one anyway. That was on TV the other night. But but, but when they announced him for... um, what with adverts and poor picture quality, you should have said.
2: Yes.
0: You should have said. I'd have watched it so I, could, <laughs> so I could watch an advert for Ryvita at the same time or something. But, um, <laughs> but um, I remember being a bit disappointed actually because I just thought like it, it, Jack Reacher was a bit B-list to this like A-list, if you like. And I was a bit, I thought it was a bit of a shame Brad Bird weren't coming back, because I thought they finally fucking nailed it. But Yeah, that would have been a,
2: good, um, a good trio.
0: Well, actually, what, what came of it was was wonderful, so we'll we'll come to that in future weeks. But that that's really it. That's all I have to say. This is J.J. Abrams. He was um, talked about to come back, but he was busy with other things, which we can work out from the timeline would have been. Actually, I was about to say it would have been Into Darkness. No, it probably wouldn't. It would have been Super 8. Uh, yes. And that's really that's really all we can say in sort of build up to this. Um, a loose connection of action sequences existed, a rough direction of plot existed, but a mixture of sort of what Brad Bird wanted to do and what Macquarie fixed when he came in gave us the film we've got.
1: What was? Do you know what um, Jeremy Ryan's character was supposed to be protecting then, or what? What was
0: the? No, thing? that's one thing I, I don't know. I can't remember because when Fallout came out um i'd only just resubscribe to empire i don't dislike the empire podcast but i'm a bit like i am with kermode and mayo in that i always download it and then i frequently look at it and just go can't be bothered because who does a two-hour podcast you freaks <laughs> but no, it, it, is, it isn't that it's just normally there's something else or i don't get around to it or at the weekend i'm it, funnily enough i'm normally prepping this do you know what i mean
2: I to be fair so, with kermode and mayo because they've got that two-hour slot well one hour if there's if there's sport in the way um but obviously, there's a little bit as a, as a podcast extra, you know, if they go, if they go off out, but.
0: Well, the other thing is... They have got that too, Arsenal. Well, the thing is, as well, he, he might review four or five, even six films a week. Hmm. He'll crumb them in. A lot of these weeks, there's nothing I want to see anyway. And sometimes I only want want to know what he think, thinks about one film. So I just go and find it on YouTube. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm driving somewhere or I've got a lot of time on the road, I will put it on. So it it does depend, but I was the same with Empire. I was downloading it all the time and not listening, so I stopped bothering for a while. Um, and then around... and a
2: little bit with now playing, I must admit. Well,
0: Sorry, now
2: playing, but I, I, will now ju- playing I will get back on that wagon.
0: They've already reviewed anything any good. That's the problem. They've been going so long that we're getting to the point where it will be, you know, their Ghoulies series or something like that. <laughs> but um, um, yeah,
2: I it. it's films that I've not seen,
0: so I do. they'll review, uh. They'll review Spider-Man next week, so I'll I'll get that.
2: Yeah, I look forward to that. Might get back on that wagon then.
0: The point is, I downloaded it literally because I heard there was a long interview with um, Macquarie. And of course, Mm -hmm. I downloaded it and it turned out to be part one, three hours. And then they met about three weeks later and did another three hours and so on. So, and then they did another spoiler special like they do about a lot of films. They're so about seven hours on Fallout. And during that interview, they referenced having done something similar for Ghost Protocol, but it was only three. Uh, not Ghost Protocol, for Rogue Nation. Mm. So I downloaded that as well. And during that, he said this story about completely changing what Jeremy Renner was upset about and why he was an analyst during production problem is i will have heard that last july and we're now in july again so um it's too long ago i can't remember but i i'm quite happy to like make an aside for it in a future week if i do happen across that story but no i've no idea but all i know is most scenes you're watching in the film he's reacting to something different entirely
1: yeah, I think I think a lot of the a lot, lot of stuff was cut out of this, uh, or at least a lot of potential stuff. I know there was stuff on delete scenes with um, mm. the uh, Paula Patton character. She um, there, was, there was stuff before they went on the the last part where she has to like seduce um, the clubbed uh, millionaire. Yeah, sl- yeah, clubbed millionaire guy. <laughs> yeah. Which
2: it is. Yeah, no, that's one. Anil
1: Kapoor. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah,
2: he's the host from Sunderland. You
1: know? Yeah, Indian Jack Bauer because he's uh, he's. He plays... Well, he's
2: pretty much yeah. He's a, he's a Bollywood hero in his own right. So
1: no, he, he did the uh, Twenty Four series, for a couple of, the Indian he version did. of Twenty Four. Uh, anyway, oh, did he? yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so she there's the scene with him and he, of him uh, of her and Ethan, and she's like saying, "I I can't do. I've never seduced anyone." You know, basically saying like, "This she's new. She's new to like trying to be like." be sexy and seductive and and things like things like that and it was completely just cut out uh, but you can actually see it uh, you know in when when she's doing it she's like you know looking a bit DJ nervous and yeah. yeah yeah and so the, the stuff like that I thought oh that that, seems like, that gives you like another little uh, angle yeah. you know but um yeah because
0: was... polar pattern I mean if you had to I think if this film and Rogue Nation came out like almost identical if you like in mm-hmm. quality the difference would be Rebecca Ferguson and that sounds like a, a knock on Paula Patton, she's fine but actually I realised watching it again tonight, she's a little bit underserved not as underserved as Maggie Q mm. No, she's
2: really, really underserved
0: She is someone you can swap out for somebody else though, a little bit easier than some of the other characters
2: I was going to say, it's not until we get to Rebecca Ferguson when, you know, this I was going to say, this series Okay, Bond treats his, some of his female characters really badly yeah. This one fares a lot better um, This series fares a lot better um, but yeah it's not until we get Rebecca Ferguson and in the series till we see you know proper treatment of more characters.
0: Well I think it's the first time you get one you'd miss. Well this is it.
1: I think I think in fairness, I think up to now it's all just been Tom Cruise, they're still figuring it out. I don't think you'd miss any other male or female. Uh, I think it's only when you get to maybe like this one or, you know, the, the, these next three, you start thinking, actually, I'd rather have Sam Peg back or actually, oh, yeah, no, I kind of well, miss Luther. you know? Do I'd you know I'd what I mean?
0: Surpri- yeah, I'd be surprised if anyone missed Jonathan Rhys-Mayer. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. <laughs> not a on him, it's just, you know, I, I, he's been perfectly fine in some stuff I've seen, but I wouldn't miss the character. I couldn't really remember the character, couldn't remember mm. the character's name or anything. He's kind
2: of gone a bit into obscurity now, hasn't he, I think? Uh,
0: on TV he's, occasionally. he's had some problems. I think he may have even tried suicide at one point. Oh yeah, he's had some tough times, but um yeah, I th- I, you're absolutely right, Chris. But obviously, as we're referencing the female characters yeah. specifically, uh they've all been shown as perfectly capable. But Paula Patton's the first one to make any impression, really. Yeah, and ilsa comes along in the next film and just blows that away.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, like, yeah, I do, I do really like Paula Patton in this. Cause she has a really good physicality about her. She,
0: she has. does.
2: Yeah, she she can kick ass.
0: Yeah, she does. And um, yeah, we'll come on to that character as we go through it. Certainly um, the one thing that, again, that I can't remember from all the interviews around the subsequent films with Macquarie is he he often talks about Fallout when he said he said it a couple of times because the the one thing as well, because they did two distinct interviews like they did one in London. And they got to the end and they both enjoyed it, him and Chris Hewitt, so much that he said to him, I'll happily give you some time when I'm in, for argument's sake, L.A., because it's been a while since I heard it, uh, in three weeks' time or whatever it was. Um, But, of course, what Chris Hewitt had to say at the start of the next interview was three weeks had passed and there was some repeating material because we'd forgotten everything we talked about. And one of the things I think he said more than once is he said that the single biggest question he got particularly given he wrote on four as well. So he was involved in the creative process for that film. The biggest single question he got most often was what about Julia? So he was always looking for a way to get Julia back in. And I think he may even have tried for rogue nation, but there was too much going on trying to introduce Ilsa mm. and so on as well. So I would not be surprised if, because that little bit with her at the end was added fairly late, I believe.
3: Yeah, And I,
0: that wouldn't surprise me if it was Macquarie, but I don't want to give him the credit. For certain, because I don't know, but it seems like a Macquarie thing. Mm-hmm. He had an interest in, and it develops the Ethan character, you know. So it's it's all all to the good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does because you, you, it's it's also like makes the whole series work in a sense. All kind of, you can put them all together and you can say, yeah, there is a progression of a journey here for this character. Yeah, you can actually the all make sense even though they all have varying different quality and styles. They mm. all kind of make sense when you actually think. Actually, this this is where the characters start off. This this is this is where, where he was then. And this uh, he's developed a bit further here. You know, you, you know, it all does start to make sense. You know, right down to like, is, you know, he, he's he's unwilling to sacrifice members of the team in Fallout. well, that makes sense back to the first film. You know, what is you know when when he was when he was, in, when he was a new a newish agent and all his team all his team got killed, so he probably has a bit of a no, I die like to lose lose members of the team.
0: Yeah, I've seen it and I've tried to live with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Beyond I'm a good guy and heroes never want to sacrifice anyone. Um So it's great. Um let's start with some opening thoughts. Becca. You go. I quite it. enjoyed
2: this film. <laughs> um yeah, no, I remember going to see this. Um and I think yeah, I see what you mean. Like last week I was like, well this is kind of where like the modern um Mission Impossible series is you know, as as we know it. Starts off, and I think here is you know, where we get the seeds of like you know films as we know them today, definitely. Um. I was. This is. Doesn't <laughs> sound quite silly. Um. But yeah, I, I saw this film when it came out. I think I might have seen it a few times at the cinema. I literally, sadly, haven't seen it since much in between. So I watched it a couple of times. Uh, for this one, and I kind of thought, well, obviously now the, the central team are kind of um, disavowed, on their own. Obviously, they'll go rogue next week. Um. Or Rouge. What. <laughs> what a novel concept. Rude. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. We've where have we seen that before? Hmm. Let me think. Um there's a lot there's a lot in this film that, that goes wrong. The technology fails. You know, they're on their own. They're just literally going by the skin of their teeth going on their own intelligence. Um it's you know, they're quite plucky and you know, like an underdog team. They're the little team that could. Oh. But no, this is really... you know, this is one of my favourite films of the series. Um if we do ranking, I rank it quite highly, um Writing's really spot on us. Again, we've seen a change of of production team, but still really solid direction. Huge fan of Brad Bird, huge fan of um, Simpsons, Pixar. Love all his films, Incredibles is a really incredible movie. Um, Big favorite of mine as well. Great score, great cast. Yeah, lots of love about this film. There's probably the only, my one quibble probably would be the scene where um, Jerry Ryan's character has to kind of just basically jump down a shaft um, and I just let above a fan. I think it's written in, you know, the magnetic seat that he wears kind of gets very minimal explanation, which is fine, um, but it's literally just so you could have a scene where a character is suspended. And that's, it's a trope of the series, um, but I, I feel that scene is written just so you can have that trope written in. So it seems a little bit, bit surplus to me, but uh, it's a classic scene. Um, pace rattles along brilliantly as we were chatting prior to recording. We were just saying out how I put this on yeah trying to watch like half an hour before bed and then like two hours later I was like, this is my bed, but'm this is my seat, but I'm gonna use the, the edge of it, you know, so there's yeah gripped from beginning to end.'t
1: it was, it was my
2: jumbled first thought,
1: sorry <laughs> uh yeah i I think it's prob- probably probably the say probably the most fun, I would say. Uh, possibly Fallout might might go with that one, but in t- in terms of flat out just entertainment, this it's one funny has as it. Well, Well, yeah, I mean one of the things I realised was actually you know how how effective a bit of comic relief is. I mean I, I won't I won't include the Australian um, pilot in too because I don't think that was like either comedic or relief, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's actually yeah it actually makes sense to have one of the members. T- Remember the team who he's is, is gonna you know, add a bit of humour. You know the, the, the stuff where he's like, you know, we, what we well you know I'm on the computer. <laughs> you know he makes that joke <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of twi- um, uh, twice about him just being like, it's just fine. I'm I'm on the computer. Sorry, of. <laughs> um, but again I think again I think we've, we've nailed the team aspect a lot more this time round. Um, it isn't just Tom Cruise. You know doing Tom Cruise shows as I said before. It its it is it it is very much you know you, you cannot see Tom uh, Ethan Hunt do any of this stuff without the team being there, um, and there's that this is the film I think Brad Bird said this is the film where everything goes wrong. So there it are, really is so, literally everything goes wrong. So obviously they're on their own. Everything's all gone to shit. We've only really got a limited amount of um, technology, technology Which like fails. Yeah, ev- yeah, ev- everything pretty much every step away goes wrong, and it's what they do or how they react right, right down to like the them they 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 missed the the missile launch so they're right well we'll have to like see if there's like a detonation button and so it, it comes more about that um so yeah it's it's very fun very pacey uh the action is great it looks great um it does a nice bit of glow trotting i noticed i mean we, we start we know we we have three main locations. We get like a nice sort of scenic view of Russia and the, and the Kremlin, um, and we go to Dubai, and then we we go to India, and it all feels very Bondish. You know, it the, you know, it it it's one of the things that the Bond recently has not really done. I think I mentioned this last week, didn't we, about how we're not really using the locations effective enough. No, I would the,
2: agree with you, does Chris? You do get. I mean, sometimes. You films, just, sorry to interrupt you there, yeah. sometimes films just visit a location just for the hell of it, oh look, look how exotic we can be. Um, but I think now you know, we're seeing in these, there is now starting a, with this film, we can see like Mission Impossible and Bond kind of really coming together trying to follow each other. I think when we get up to the, the more recent films, um, like the Fallout, I do think it's a bit of a Bond copy, um, but no, I would agree with you definitely. We kind of see more of the, the film treating the locations properly, and they become a character in the film, in their own right. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, sorry, I agree.
1: Because yeah, we have we uh, you know we have like a bit of the the Kremlin, which has a bit of a Cold War throwback, and then we we have somewhere like new like Dubai, which hasn't, well, hadn't been used really before in a big blockbuster action film. Uh, obviously, no, obviously, obviously, Fast and Furious be, Did, it, yeah. did it afterwards? Yeah. yeah. But again, we you know that's, that, that's a new thing, new concept. Obviously, the main selling point with him climbing the building, and then and then we kind of we we go it's to the, the
2: world's thing. tallest building after
1: all? Yeah, and we go to India, and it's like you know they're all walking in like in in, you know, in the tuxes and that, and it all feels this feels like a Bond film. It you
0: know it just like octopusy, sadly, but you know
1: <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> do you they know, go to the Monsoon Palace <laughs> or, or or spy? You know, you know, uh... no, although true, no yeah.
0: one says that'll keep him in curry.
2: No, nobody goes. Rupia! <laughs> Rupia!
0: <laughs> You'll
2: need this to play with your ASP.
0: That's very dangerous. You go first.
2: <laughs> Raising an eyebrow.
1: But yeah, it's all very fun. It's it it's it's constantly moving. It did remind me of Fallout, uh, in in the sense that it has a a pace. I mean, I think Fallout has a bit more of an intensity to it, where this is very much more light. Um, and it just constantly—it's it's, 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 it's doing something. It's, it's telling you information while giving you something interesting to look at, uh, or, or, or doing something mildly humorous. It, it, it is—it's constantly giving you something, and it works really, really well. I was never—I was never once bored. I mean, I, I watched it. I usually watch it what, um, twice if I can um, in prep for the, for the show. And yeah, I've I never bored with either viewing at all was not a struggle uh the you can definitely see the animation effect if, if out all the mission are possible you could probably have this i could probably see this like as an animation a lot of the time the only the only other thing playing, i think i would say negative wise is probably probably quite a weak villain not not knocking the character because or the actor because you know, I, just, I don't think we have any screen time with him he, he, he's just like he just pops
0: up and that's it. And the um, actor was a very, very talented man. He was in yeah. the English yeah. I, I would role. say
2: like yeah, he do you not know, spend enough of time with he him. In, I mean, he, yeah. he does play the play the role well, and he's yeah. a fantastic actor. I, he Everyone was, go and, he go was and in the Daniel out.
0: Craig role in the original *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*. Yeah, go yeah. and
2: check, go and see that, out, listeners. If you've not seen it, I highly recommend it.
1: And uh, of course, the first John Whitfield, he was a bad in that. Yes, but, um...
0: and and probably had more impact in both of those films.
1: Yeah, mm, definitely. But yeah, no. Um, I, I think it was just more of a case of they just didn't have a scene. There was probably like a couple of scenes that were just cut on the floor. But um, there you go. We we, we had no se- we had no real scene with him, sort of doing it like a, a bad guy speech or get to know what him as a character. Even we just kind of told who he is, which is interesting enough. I mean, it's a it's a good premise for a villain. But that that's just it. We just kind of we just. Yeah.
0: I feel like there's some things on the cutting room floor that would have made his sacrifice at the end a bit more meaningful. Yeah, but we'll come to that because I've got a problem. I'd forgotten how he finished, and when I watched it, I was like, "That's a bit incongruous," but we'll come to it.
1: Yeah, he's bit—he's bit of a, a, a radical. Um, like, I mean, obviously they, they, they sell him as like as that like insane, basically, but he has this like belief—the fact that. You know, he wants to make the world a world better place, and so he's willing to sacrifice himself for it. Uh, so he's just like, you know, it's it's one of those things where he single mindedly wants, to, like, cause nuclear war to bring world peace in an insane way. But which is fine as a concept. You know, it's very bomb villainy. But yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, for me, if I look at it compared to say, Rogue Nation, without a rewatch of Rogue Nation, I'm just talking about the perceptions I've carried over the years without re-watching them. And I've seen Rogue Nation more often than this film. In that, I remember seeing it and loving it, and I saw it a couple of times afterwards. But I probably haven't seen it since I saw Rogue Nation. And then there was a period where that film was on Netflix for a while, until maybe a few months before Fallout came out. And I used to stick it on and watch parts of it. Sometimes I'd just watch the stunt. Sometimes I'd watch the whole thing. Sometimes I'd watch half of it, come back, watch it a bit later. But it was good sort of... I wouldn't say it was on all the time, but it was was almost falling into that category of wallpaper TV that I just loved it and it was reliable. But the biggest problem I always had in perception of Rogue Nation... I'm I'm being careful with my words here because I've got to prep it all and I might not feel this when we get to next week. Um, But I feel it's got the same problem as the first Blade film. It's shot its bolt in the first scene in that by far the most memorable piece of action in Rogue Nation is him hanging off the plane and that's pre-title. So, whereas I thought this seeded its way through better and whilst hanging off a plane is more dramatic in its way because of the speed and the G-forces and everything else, Mm. it didn't match the Burj Khalifa sequence. Um, When I compare it to something like Fallout, Fallout has even before you know who Henry Cavill's character is he's still an antagonist in the camp even if you believe he's a good guy he's there to watch and judge and question and ridicule and go against how the IMF do things you know we they want to get like a nice sort of head mask of somebody but he's broken the laptop because he's doing it a different way we find out there's probably a good reason he's doing that later on but so it's got that. It's got some more personal things in it. It it's really good. But here you've got Jeremy Renner, which you didn't have enough of in Rogue Rogue Nation. Um Brad Bird was asked about that. You know, was there an element of trying to um work Tom Cruise out of the the role, you know, out of the lead of the series because it's almost a co lead thing. Well, firstly that's been overstated, actually rewatching it. At the time it felt like that because we're not used to Tom Cruise having to share that much, but now it does feel very much like a tom cruise led film but brad bird said no he never got that advice he said but there were scripts there before i got there and he said so if that was in the thinking around that it's possible but you know not not that i not that i understood it and i was never instructed to work that way um but what I, I just I just look at it, it's the first film that's got any IMAX in it and you can see the sequences that would really work in IMAX.
3: Yes.
0: Um, there's parts of the score that really stand out for the first time in the right way um, because the, the scores to date, well, his three score didn't stand out to me and the first two st- stood out for some of the mm-hmm. wrong reasons. The first one because the Mission Impossible stuff and the non- mission po- Impossible stuffs jarred against each other and the second one just because it just didn't fit A Mission Impossible film in any way. (laughs)
3: uh, um, (laughs)
0: Sorry, um, but I just thought it was just almost perfect in in layout. I mean, we it, it doesn't. It it seeds his action nicely through. There is one big sequence in the film that's better than anything else, and it starts at 50-odd minutes in. But even then, that's got ebbs and flows to it. It isn't just, look at us doing something mad. It's a mad action sequence to enable them to do something that's got a tense piece that follows, that's then followed Mm -hmm. by the action ramping up again. It's really good. Everyone's really good in it. The team are, are gelling together nicely. Simon Pegg in the field works. There's some lovely little actor touches in it, which for for a first time live action director impressed me. You know, Benji going into the Kremlin's really nervous, mm. uh, but that could have been overplayed for comedy, you know, because he's babbling to himself, but it's not too much. But then a couple of times, Tom Cruise reassures him just with a tiny little look or tiny little movement, hand movement. Uh, At the wrong point, he starts talking about Julia and Tom just calms him down. Um, The use of tech is really like fun in the film. That was another Brad Bird thing. He said, I I want the tech to all be going wrong. Well, that leads to what Becca was getting out of a bit more humor in this film. And it, it really threw into sharp relief how lacking in humor the first three films were. The, the first three films are just not particularly funny. Mission Impossible 3 is like a stiffer version of this. This is just suddenly a lot looser.
2: Yeah, Benji you know, is ha- definitely, I mean, he is, for me, the comic relief. Really, but I think, you know, it's like he's, he's really good at that. He can, he, he, I was going to say, he can do the rough with the smooth. Um, equally, you know, home of the or comedic acting, definitely. Um, but yeah, this this film, Chris said, you know, I agree with you guys. That it's, it's, it's a fun film, but it's also a lot funnier, <laughs> if that makes sense
0: yeah and i'm also impressed how far they've made the budget go because this is cheaper than mission impossible 3 just but you know it's five years on again um and actually when you watch it as i say the burj khalifa is the first big action sequence the first one that would have cost serious money um but at no point in the lead up to that have you been bored it's telling story it's um you know it even opens with a bit of whimsy ain't that a kick in the head Mm. you know just over that sequence. There's no, there's no pressing reason to have that. It's just something Brad Bird wanted, Um, and it works really, really well. The film had me from the start. It's got a wonderful transition into titles that I'm not that fond of for reasons I'll come into. But I really wish they. Those are quite cool. I really, I don't like them, and I'll come to it. Um, The, I really wish they found a way to light the fuse in every film light the fuse yeah. actually physically light the fuse and have it transition in yeah it's that the first time we be, see
2: that isn't it it's quite interesting it's the
0: only time we see it and i, yeah. I, I, I think that, that should be their bond pre that should be their bond gun barrel that's yeah. what we do Have somebody you, going, know it's, the, the fuse. you know it's really kicking off because we've had the little warm-up and now someone has physically lit a fuse
2: yeah it's amazing that, that you know that's the only time they do it they haven't thought oh let's do that or maybe they they're doing that on purpose they don't want to have that you know, they, they don't yeah. want it to be, or like like they're doing one gun barrel, for example. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But whatever creative uh, reason. I
0: don't like the title sequence for the simple reason, which, for two reasons. Firstly, I don't like the score. It's too fucking meandering. Um, I don't like the scoring of that bit. It's my second least favourite after the second film. It just meanders. There was a choice there that, that there's a, for, for union reasons, there's only a certain number of credits you can show before you have to show all of them and he said no let's do it so they play a lot more of the theme whereas three they went in and out of the credit titles really fast um the other reason i don't like it um is he said that when you watch the tv series they show you bits of the episode to come but they're out of sequence and out of context so it doesn't really give anything away that might be true but very soon in this film they're trying to stop a rocket and we saw the rocket fire and I, I noticed that on first viewing. I mean, the film go, well, they clearly don't fucking stop this then, do they? It didn't kill the film because I was still interested to go, how does it go wrong? What do they do? But it it's a flaw. It's like, well, I'm not giving anything away. Yes, you are. Half the film is about stop trying to stop a rocket and you've shown it being fired. So I didn't like that. One of the things I did like in the titles and maybe we're going into sequential in a minute, I know. But one of the things I did like in the credits, he said that, uh, you see bits of the film, but they're shot from slightly different angles. What he did was, after a scene, he'd get the actors to do it again and then sweep past them with the IMAX camera. So where Ethan first confronts William and does a bit of physical stuff with him where they like suddenly end up with a gun pointed they filmed that again and just sweeped past with an IMAX camera. They didn't have time to do very much of it. So we designed it's very nice, but it's giving too much away and I don't really like the music that goes over it. Um, Paula Patton's good. She's not as good as Ilsa, but she's not meant to be Ilsa. You know, otherwise I am saying they're just token females. They're not. They're different characters. Um, but it's nicely set up. They've managed to put a bit of Cold War it feel into it, but it's not Cold War. It's just kind of a strange, you know, separatist guy who's very kind of crazy anyway and not even Russian um yeah I think that's all I've, I've really got to say I think it, it's really it, it's it stands comparison with the better films in any series we've done you know this is in this is in the top sort of probably 15 to 20 films we've ever reviewed so far with obviously a couple still to follow so I'm very very fond of uh, of Ghost Protocol
1: yeah the only thing I, I will add is uh l- l- say do, um... In, in terms of the villain, she's actually you'll, for for the limited screen time she has, she's actually really memorable. Um But that that, but that, that that's about all, all I say. I mean,
0: it's... I do remember when I saw it. I was just thinking, well, she's really attractive, and she's made a real presence there. She's yeah. going to be a star. And I, you know, for a small role, I don't think I saw her again until Spectre. Well, she was in the Grand Budapest Hotel in a small role, um, but I don't she's think I really that, saw her again. She plays like a maid in that. Hmm.
1: I th- yeah, I-, I saw in that you know uh, blue is the warmest color. The the that really the French lesbian drama. Oh <laughs> yeah, where the, the set scenes are a bit too long. But, so it <laughs> but who's complaining?
2: I've seen it, but
1: I heard it's quite steamy.
0: Uh, you, you're not shocked to hear me and Chris have watched it.
2: It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I
0: just watched it for the articles.
1: Right, it's
0: it's gonna it's gonna sound really. This is not works with Playboy. It doesn't work with like borderline porn films, does it?
1: See, this is going to sound oh, like absolute bullshit, but I, I watched
0: it because I heard it was really good. <laughs> Joking aside, I heard it was really good. I don't—I I knew it was lesbian, but I didn't know it was particularly graphic lesbian. And and then suddenly I saw them enjoying a fish course, and uh, and I was like,
1: oh, okay.
0: Drinking from the fairy cup. Yes, the fairy honeypot adventure. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's obviously what like Richie and Eddie were trying to watch in bottom all those years ago. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I know of about two listeners who will get that. <laughs> Shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks?
1: Yeah, go on then. So uh we, we kinda of start off with something that we're gonna to recap to later uh, later on, don't we? It's it's the um It's we, the
0: end of a sequence, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you, you know, we basically see um uh Dingy from Lost, what's his name?
0: I don't know I never watched Lost Was that a guy from Josh Lost it? Yeah.
1: Sawyer from Lost yeah Sawyer from Lost never uh, watched it unrecognisable because he's got
2: short hair didn't you mention at the end hair. of last episode
0: I didn't Oh, I, um,
2: never... I think Chris might have
0: done oh, Chris might have done I never saw yeah. Lost yeah, yeah. I do uh, recall I saw Worsi yeah, so... and Kurtz when we were involved and sort of went nah
2: no, I don't fancy. That. Although
0: I, I think all the joking about where it went in the end and how disappointing the reveal was at the end, I do hear it was a terrific TV show for a while, but I never watched it.
1: I think it was t- typical JJ. Like he, he's very good at setting things up and then and make everyone go, like uh, "What the fuck?" Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah brilliant choice.
1: But anyway, yeah, again,
2: um, it's one of those things I've, I, I know of and I've seen. I dipped in and out, but I never watched it all the way through. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people will be
0: like, okay. "What?" Well, I, di- I didn't actually know he was kind of a name, really, but okay. All right, don't even recognise him. Have I seen him in anything <laughs> he's, else? He's
1: only really been in Lost. Is one of the most notable things. He might, he might have done a bit of TV. I've,
0: I've not seen him in anything. I'm, look, I'm looking at his filmography now, and I've not seen him you know, in anything. Look,
1: looking at
2: him, just going on kind of, you know, so, obviously his acting talent and everything, but you'd think he would be like a, a massive star. And same with, um, is it Matthew Fox as well? You think we kind of, you know, what's not really what's happened to them, obviously, because they've been in Mission Impossible.
0: But not it's like to go he, into it, Matthew Fox has got a certain reputation, though.
2: but I no, I, I would I would agree with that definitely. But it's kind of like you would expect them to go off from this go on to the you know, be like Tom Cruise level stars, but obviously clearly not. Um, but it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's, it just it, what, happen, what happens.
1: I think it's just like in and like in these things, sometimes you have a thing. Like I I look at uh, Josh Holloway, and he would make a perfect face off on the 18.
2: Yeah, he would. He's got that look about him, is not he? You
1: know, but even even this film where where he kind of actually,
0: I can see that. Yeah, well, you,
1: yeah, I you know, can the, see moment, that. the moment where he like uh, he puts that is the, a uh... modern
0: Dirk Benedict, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: he, yeah, I
1: can definitely but, see that for sure. But, but yeah, okay. you, you know, you know the bit was a little bit later like on. We see see the scene, but you know when he sort of uh, pins that guy's hand with the the poison. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and 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 he kind of like and he just sort of acknowledged it just, when he goes like ow, and he kind of looks at him just like kind of like a, a kind of very kind of. A shruggish, sorry, what what are you gonna do, kind of thing. Like it was one of yeah. them things. Yeah. That's very, I can. That's very face. That he kind
0: probably of that would camp. have been a bigger star if you could have ordered Eggs Holloway. Yes, <laughs> that'll be what it is. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, he's. Had, had he been called Josh Provençal? <laughs> I like this though. This just sets up. You, you don't know yeah. where you're going. You're in the middle of a sequence. I like it when films do that. They, sometimes they just drop you in in situ. Yeah, um, I, I, it doesn't feel like a bomb film, but I'd be churlish not to acknowledge, you know, the debt it owes in places, and mm. you know, even back to Goldfinger, where he was like in situ in the middle of doing something, and mm. you know, we've seen that a few times in the series. So yeah, I like this.
1: Um, yeah, so we, you know, then we, we then we get introduced to uh, Lady Sadie who uh, who kills him.
2: She is a kick-ass assassin. You don't mess with her.
1: Uh and then yeah, and so she grabs uh, some files and then we move straight to um Simon Pegg and Paula Patton trying to break out someone from a Russian prison.
0: Uh this was brilliant.
2: To the tune of do you know in a kick in the head.
0: I felt this was I think I said this last week. This is almost like the reveal of a new bond. Hmm in that occasionally they just do them in strange situations where you don't see the face for a while. And again, that was a Brad Bird idea. He said, I know it's Tom Cruise. We know you know it's Tom Cruise. You're going to create a bit of mystery around before, him. But I just didn't want to show his face for a while. Yeah, fair enough. And he's very calm, just laying on his bed with that like stone Yeah. Uh, while everything's kicking off around him. And it just... It's a completely different sequence. it It, it bears almost no comparison. But it just reminded me of, like, Dalton turning around you know what i mean
2: also is he channeling a little bit of steve mcqueen as i've seen is it is it probably um Obviously. great escape perhaps or you know where he's in prison he just
0: literally he's, oh, he's got right. a ball
2: he's bouncing against the wall but it, it, it to me that kind of channelled the very okay. sort of cool, calm you know cool, yeah. calm demeanor of steve mcqueen yeah
0: yeah it was really really good uh, i just like that you just got benji you know, you've already got benji might be sort of out in the field this time think that was
2: quite funny he was like how benji how are you here he's like oh i passed the field exactly yeah <laughs> that's quite funny yeah good for you even.
0: i like they dropped it into dialogue but like made it like a bit throwaway mm. but uh, i like this it's just suddenly like let's just open a door and you see a little flicker and for a moment i thought it was like mission impossible 3 i thought they changed it for pre-recorded footage but they haven't the flicker is just him hacking into the system to open things because security are sat watching the screen, so they noticeably flicker for a split mm. second. And I thought, oh, they've switched the footage, but they hadn't. And really, I don't know what else to say about this, other than it just had me, because none of the mm. Mission Impossible films to this point had wildly impressed me. I'd enjoyed two of the three, and genuinely, as per our review, I enjoyed them. But this was suddenly, oh, this is better. This this is just instantly going to be a better film. And you got Tom, why is he imprisoned? You, you're immediately flooded with questions. Why is he out in the field? Why is he in prison? Tom's immediately quite physical, like the way he vaults down from one floor to the next.
1: Why, why is he trying to break out that guy that's not,
0: you know... And the bit that really, really had me, and it's such a small thing, it's where he wants Benji to open the door and he yeah. won't. And he's just he's just doing this ever more angry pointing. <laughs> and it does that fine, I'll just hang. <laughs> he does do these abrupt movements sometimes, Cruz, yeah. and it's only Tom Cruise moves like that. And I just thought this film's got me, and it's brilliant, and, and yeah, it's just great. What did you guys make of this sequence?
2: No, I, I, it's brilliant. I think it's really clever how, obviously, it, it's timed to, um, in that and head, and it's obviously for a certain amount of time. And I, I literally, I set the timer during the sequence. I thought, wow, I think it's, it's just brilliant. It's really, you know, it's really cleverly done, literally to the second. Um, but for me, like this, this sequence is pretty much it, it tells you how the rest of the film is going to go. Um, so that, you know, most elements in this film are contained within the small the small sequence to begin with. Um, but yeah, I was gripped from, from start to end, quite frankly. <laughs> so but yeah, really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's just really fun. Very, very kind of a, a nice, light way to come into a film. Um, as Dave said, there's like asked a lot of questions, which is good because it's it what gets you in a film. Like usually, you know, uh, you want like a hook to make it go, oh, who's that? Or well, what's happening? Exactly. here, What's this Difficult about? Difficult
0: pre-title as well because sometimes you take those sequences as a bit throwaway. Yeah. Like it's probably got nothing to do with the film, but let's just enjoy this little bit. Yeah. But it was, yeah. it was
1: like this this mini movie kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's but, like a movie within a movie, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it's it feels very much so. I almost got like a bit of a musical vibe to it as well because everything seems yeah. seems to be kind of like you know he's got this like on you know. This, you know, basically this this prison outbreak, right? you know. But I wonder how many people got killed just to kind of get the guy out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got you got ben, there, Benji, sort of like on the computer, going
0: like like saying sorry to the guy. When he opens some of the doors, he does give it a sorry. And again, Simon Pegg could overplay that; he's a comedy yeah. actor, but he doesn't. It, it plays with the character; it's fine.
1: play it very much plays very natural like i can imagine like if i was in the same situation i would probably do the same thing (sighs) about sorry (laughs) you know you know that kind of that really kind of well you know (laughs) that that like it hurt yeah
0: (laughs) yeah and it's actually fairly brutal as well it's pg-13 film Mm -hmm. and it's it's not ever threatening to be anything more than that but you feel the hits yeah and again Ethan is self-confident enough in that scenario because he's got a lot of bigger guys around him. Most people are bigger than Tom Cruise, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, and then when he has to go back to get that guy out, we don't know why till a lot later in the film. But, yeah, he goes and breaks that other guy out, which is the whole reason he's in there mm-hmm. in the first place. Um, and it does follow straight on from the whole Julia story, which we'll come to a lot later on. Um, and I love this because, again, it's it's very... Mission Impossible, as per the film version of the TV mm-hmm. show, if you like, in that they're all doing different things. At the same time, you've got Paula Patton underground sort of trying to get to the extraction point mm-hmm. and so on. Really good stuff. And again, just as he gets out, you wonder how long he's been in prison because he gets down and he's like, who are you? And it's like, Agent Carter. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, just was a bit of a shrug over that. And then it's like, light the fuse. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I always going to imagine because, like, with the MAF, there's probably multiple agents, so he's, he probably hasn't worked or met with some of them. And,
2: and plus, like, his team's going to be assembled for him half the time.
0: Absolutely, it has been in this case, as we find out a little bit yeah. later on. Yeah. So just to recap on where we are then. So we've started with somebody who I think they've managed to sell us is IMF straight away, is Trevor Hanaway? I think there's enough just the gadget when he jumps off the roof backwards and lands on mm. like a fast expanding like airbed, that's like an IMF gadget. So you immediately go, Well he's IMF then. He's immediate he's shot. There's some documents gone missing. Tom Cruise is out of prison and that's it before we go to the titles, which I think I've talked about. What do you two guys make of the titles? Becky, you said you quite liked them.
2: Yeah, I think I know it was a little bit cheesy. Um, having the pre titles.
0: I love the transition. Well, yeah. the
2: transitions, very cool yeah that bit I think is really cool and as we, you know, as, as we just said I don't know why it hasn't we just, been done just before. to
0: interrupt just to interrupt briefly when we got to Rogue Nation and it didn't have it I was disappointed and that was yeah. sad. after such a great stunt you go into the credits it's like oh you didn't that would be it.
2: so cool It'd be a nice touch yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, maybe Tom. we should
2: petition Tom next time say so, look we are fans like the we future are... twat <laughs> <laughs> damn That's it that be a next time <laughs> it's, it's kind of like you know going to see you know, a Bond film and not having the you know not having the gun barrel at the end or having it in the wrong place.
0: It's just like Rrr. Macquarie followed me briefly on Twitter. Oh no! I should have I should have DM'd him. Well, yeah, because a few years ago, right? He he was all. Yeah, DM him anyway. Uh, uh, no, you can't unless you both follow each other. But he unfollowed after a while. It was some. Um... Some
1: people have
0: the uh, DMs open,
1: though. I don't know. But... Yeah.
0: Well, what it, it was it is, on uh, the person. He, he was there one afternoon. One afternoon, British time, so morning over there. I'd just gone from work or something, and he said, "I'm going to do a quiz now. I'm going to ask a question on each of the films I've been involved with. First person to get it right, I'll do a signed copy of that film." Ooh! All right. Did you win? Yeah, no, I've got, yeah. A signed, I've got a signed copy of um, The Usual Suspects downstairs. Oh, because the question on that film, I'd seen on special features to The Usual Suspects, because <laughs> the question was, what if you had which skill, would you be almost certainly be able to identify the um, identity of Kaiser Soze? And the answer is speak Turkish, uh-huh. because in Turkish, Kaiser Soze is king. To Talks too much. Verbal. Of course. so I answered that and I was the first one to answer and then he DM'd me and said can I have your address and I said I'm in England is that alright, he said no problem at all and sent me a copy
2: oh fabulous, lucky you, well done mm. Yeah,
0: I've still got that downstairs but uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, I can't DM him now unfortunately but um, yeah, I really like the transition into the credits and I really like that when we see bits from the forthcoming film, I'd never put it together until that interview, we're seeing them from different angles hmm. and on what would be IMAX cameras if you were watching it theatrically or on the Blu-ray, actually, uh, but obviously it doesn't show up on like Netflix or Rips. Or I think it's on Netflix. I watched it today, um, but it, it did give a little bit too much away. But that, that's all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I did, I did enjoy the aesthetic, though. Yeah. I am a bit of a, a little bit of a traditionalist. I think I probably prefer what, what we see. I think, I think, I think next week's probably is probably the
0: best one. I can't in terms of style, I can't remember without looking.
1: But I think, yeah, I think either you go like just you, you do your typical Mission Impossible with just flat, just quick flashes of like of scenes yet to come. Yeah. And you go like, oh, what, 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 what's going to happen there? Or, oh, we're going to have uh, this bit come. It's know, an like... homage to the TV show, yeah.
0: definitely. He said that. Yeah. Okay.
1: But it's definitely, it. you know, here's where it most feels like a Pixar film.
0: Yeah, although there's there's a little touch later on where I could hear Pixar, but we'll come to that.
2: Yeah, and no, I would agree there, obviously, because they, they work together on um, Ratatouille, which is... I need to re-watch it, because I think I remember going to see that film around the time I was breaking up with my then-boyfriend, so I don't have happy memories of that film. It's, if you're you listening,
0: know... ex-boyfriend, fuck you for ruining...
2: <laughs> I, don't, I doubt, highly doubt he'll be listening.
0: He um, could be. He could be, be, be crying. Seeing as he now lives villain.
1: abroad. Um... But,
0: um, well, it, well, it, well—it's internet back. We're not exclusive to the uh, UK. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening in, like, and I know we got one listener in Venice Beach, for example. Um, <laughs> you must be shocked to find you're not actually hearing this. Well, <laughs> <abroad>. no,
2: <laughs> oh, no I, I don't. I don't think he does. I, I don't think he's jumped on the whole, you know, podcast bandwagon. I'm in the military, so I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, that's by the by.
0: Um Part of basic training. This podcast, you don't know.
2: Oh, this is it. You never know. No, but it's, it's on my anyway. That's on my list of Disney Pixar movies and Pixar movies yeah. to to revisit and go into again. But yeah, there are, there are kind of elements of, of that score. Cool with, with, um, yeah, I, that's what I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, I will get to cards So
0: G- G- did the um, Ratatouille score, did he?
2: I do understand that is the case. Yes.
0: I could hear the Incredibles later, but I'll come but, uh, to where I later. that
2: series, but no, I, I see what you mean when you can
1: hear yeah. Pixar.
0: Um, why do you think this is like Pixar, Chris? Do you think the title sequence have the aesthetic of Pixar?
1: Yeah, it's just I, I couldn't really I wouldn't be able to say I, I could pick up pick out or explain particularly. It's just the vibe I get. Whole I think particularly because it's quite animated anyway. Like yeah. the idea of it going down like a, the tunnel, and you are seeing the titles come up in smoke, and you got the, got the the music blaring, and it you know you see the scenes or and the scenes themselves don't. Look quite. They look a little bit more animated. Like there's, there's like there's something to them. it's something that I can just see. Um,
0: I I got it in reverse actually. In that when when I watched this, it didn't evoke Pixar. But when I watched The Incredibles two last year, I thought, God, this is paced like a Mission Impossible film. Yeah. Um, you two
2: kind of feed into each other.
0: We will cover Pixar. It's a while away, but it's on the list. We'll definitely mm. do it. I know Becca wants to. I want yeah. to do
2: all the all the series that nobody wants to see. No, it's it's just there's, Pixar?
0: There's a lot of them. But well, I'm happy to do Pixar. I think Chris is as well, so we'll do it. But it's just um, there's there's at least four or five like between there and now and then.
2: Yeah,
3: we, we've uh, got a lot on the slate before then. Yeah. It's it's quite. But a long we'll way do down the
0: Pixar. List. It's going to be a very very long series. though so It's going to be like Marvel length. Oh. Um, but there you go. Won't we'll take as long. As well as well some absolute picks. gems. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just off the point. Have you seen Toy Story Four yet? Not yet. No.
2: Have a tissue. Ready when you
0: do. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite erotic, Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I like I'll, 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 sure I'll go out to- You'll be the amazed the toys they're playing with in this <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll be sure to go uh, at a time where there, be, uh, evolved, where there won't be I many know. kids around, shall I? I, I? I didn't cry once, but there you go, and I'm a soft lad. But there you go. Okay, so we come out of the credits, and I assume we're straight to the van, aren't we?
1: Uh yes, yes we are. Uh we we, we have a bit of a explosion so so who are you, what's happening, who's this guy? Um, yeah. and yeah, so we you know we, we tranquilise him and he sort of sorts him out and then you find you find out the fact that you, you, you get a bit more of the backstory here with Holloway.
0: Uh, yeah, Halloway was in a relationship with the new character, uh the character of Jane Carter. Carter. And it was Carter, I was looking for the first name, it is Jane.
2: Yeah. We've got fun facts about her coming up later in the show.
0: Okay. Well, she was married to what's he called, wasn't she? Robin Thicke.
2: Mm, yeah, it doesn't involve him, though.
0: Mm. Okay. Let's uh, said about him better. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Benji, they all thought he was dead. They've all heard that Julia was killed. Um, and Hannaway was in a relationship with Jane and has, was killed. So um, there's an element of all of that. Um, Bogdan has absolutely no idea what's going on, um, and he's handed off quite quickly. Mm. And then they go to like a phone booth to get the mission,
2: which explodes, when you have to bash it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, he gets told he has to go to the Kremlin, and um, we yeah. have the. Uh...
0: I must say, first off, when when it didn't explode on cue. I got my films mixed up because I've not seen it for a few years. I thought maybe it had been hacked, like like it was with the Syndicate in, in Five. Oh but yeah. No, it wasn't.
2: Again, that, that was a nice little comic moment that doesn't involve something. Um, but yeah, it's a nice little kind of comic moment and a bit of a breather because usually you would expect him to you know receive his mission, and then this was self in five seconds. Bang. Well, in hindsight, so like,
0: hmm. it's it's what's coming, isn't it? Everything breaks down. Everything's going
2: exactly. wrong. Yeah, literally, it's the film that goes wrong. Um, and this, you know, this is kind of where it all.
0: Starts to kind of paper, I'd go, well, there's a bit of a fucking gimmick, isn't it? You're trying to think of something for the fourth film.
3: Actually, it's really clever. But it really
0: works because it just allows for a lot more humour. But it things is. don't tend to fail comedically. It's just the fact that the way they have to improvise around it then leads to like confusion and yeah. look, humorous Tension moments. As well. and yeah, they have to kind of think on
2: their feet. Uh, literally everything off, off their own back is somehow kind of self funded. Uh, they just, you know, similar to the, the Bond films. you know, they're, they're not. Superheroes and not supermen, superwomen. Um everyday people. <laughs> There's a song there somewhere. Um, and, you know, they were human beings. They're trying to make them more human as well.
1: Yeah, but it's just like, um, I mean, you yeah, know, not to jump ahead too much, but it's like when he's, like, climbing that building, you know, the the, the tension that's involved where you're kind of like, you know, you, you, you literally, you, you, your bum cheeks are, like, sort of just tightening together, thinking, fuck me, <laughs> that's high. Mm. And and then when the, when the glove... Gloves start malfunctioning, and you think, "Fucking hell!"
0: And it's,
1: yeah, uh, it's one uh, of those films where you, you, you
2: don't want to look down. Like, Ur.
0: and that then, takes some work as a director. And then,
1: it? and then, like, so, so, so he's down to one glove because obviously, like, he's he's got rid of it because it's not working. And then, and then you just see. Then, then he then he looks like a few seconds later, and it's there like stuck, like, stuck <laughs> to the window. Yeah, This just that little levity. And, yeah. it, and, yeah. uh, and that's what the film does. It kind of like really it, it, it tight ropes between tension and humour. And it's but this quite... is how
0: you do humour. You don't cut to a wide angle lens and have some simple pratfall. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean that that for those who joined us for this series is a reference to Thor Ragnarok, which, to be fair, we all enjoyed. I don't want anyone to think we didn't enjoy it, but you can signpost comedy too much, or you can make it too pratfallish or you can make it too rise, raised eyebrow, you know what I mean? You can make you can make it just too broad, and this film never does it. It just has those little moments where you go... I mean, there's only one or two bits in the film, that, that skirt being too broad, and even then I was too busy, like, smiling at them. Mm. And one of them is at the Burj Khalifa scene, but we'll come back to it. What I really like, and it, it is difficult, and I think we, we haven't really mentioned it in the previous films, how difficult it must be as a writer or even the people in the room breaking the story to come up with things that genuinely sound impossible, but that you can have plausible ways around and actually come up with something that Mm. defeats that without it going, well, you know, as we said, it was just mission difficult then, isn't it? When you start hearing what they've got to do, it reminded me of Langley. It's like, how the fuck are they going to do that? Hmm. And it's really great. There's always a little bit of a time jump as you start, you know, normally there's the beginning of a seed of an idea, and then a bit further on in the van, the plane, whatever they're in, they've worked it out. So he doesn't hear the message and go, right, what we'll do this is this, and lay it all out. Nor do you ever get an idea that they won't have a clue what to do. I, I just think this is all kind of pitch perfect.
1: Mm. Yeah, they kind of they kind of know the general layout. You know, there's a sense of there's a sense of like, well, we we can just we'll just. Once we're in, we'll just, like, a, yeah. you know, adapt. We'll kind of think, we'll just play it by here. You know, and we, they're we... already
0: in this part of Russia because yeah. uh, Ethan was in a Moscow prison. Hmm. The, pre, the other pre-title bit with Sabine Moreau, uh, she's called the Lea Seydoux character, that was Budapest, but this is Moscow, so they can literally drive there. So what is it they've got to do at the Kremlin? <sighs>
1: they're, they're there to rec- they've recover some files, aren't they? The the, was it that access to codes? Basically to intercept before the... um, What's his face? Hendrix gets stolen. Yeah,
0: what Sabine has has, um, stolen is something to do with this. I forget exactly Mm. what it is. It isn't the codes themselves.
1: Um, um, Oh no, it
0: is a file containing the launch codes, I think.
1: They they get more information on Colbert. That's it.
0: it. They need Colbert's file. Yeah. And it's in the records room in the Kremlin.
1: Yes, so that that's what that's what they're there for we have the the setup with the big big screen which is quite ingenious really
0: what i also like about this is i mean when you i think the first film is probably the only one where i think my understanding of tech which is limited we've probably surpassed most of that now yeah this sort of stuff again it's, it's ingenious to come up with stuff that's futuristic we we may not have we may have i don't know but it isn't so fantastic that we go that's ridiculous.
2: I don't know, I wonder if, like, the, the magnetic suit that you wear.
1: Well, it's it's, it's kind of, like, similar to, like, what um, Batman has in the, the Nolan films. It's, like, oh well, that's it's really high-expensive, but it's, like, it's, it's there's probably only, like, a couple of them. Because it's, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, when would you ever need, you only need, to need these for specialist occasions? So they just... Yeah. Someone's come up with a whack idea and invented something,
0: but... Although, when they do, um, we'll come on to it, because... I did think a couple of things were convenient. We'll come to it, but um, what I really like about this, and I didn't catch it on first viewing, I wondered, I thought the the film tells us this. I was just too dumb to spot it the first time. That this screen is all linked to the eye line of the guard. So that the perspective shifts with him so it's always Mm. correct. Yeah. At the end I thought it was malfunctioning. It's not, it's that several people have walked into the room, so it's locking onto multiple eyes. Yeah. But to explain for anyone who just listens to us and hasn't seen the film, they put up a s they distract the guard with by throwing a sound basically of like a leaking pipe. Put this screen up, and then basically they've scanned the room in order to get a perfect image Mm. of what's behind that screen. And then as they distract the guard, they can keep moving it forward. And it's locking onto his eyes. So when he comes into the room and he's off at an angle, he's seeing it correctly still.
3: Yeah,
0: That's what it is. And it's so that they can get past the entrance to the room. And Tom Cruise, and this is really tense, even him opening the door because he can't make any sound. Um, and Benji's there scared because he's new to the field and he's got the great Ethan Hunt behind him. I he's has been promoting
2: you know, It's a really big piece of tech as well. He's
0: not only that, he's been promoted in Ethan's absence suddenly like the absolute A-lister is right mm. beside him so he doesn't want to fuck it up and he still doesn't know what's going on anyway but yeah, it's all to get into a room to get um, to get Col- uh, the file on Col mm. well, it's Cobalt. we actually find out it's Kurt Hendricks is the guy
1: we, uh, we also establish uh, that he really, really wants to wear a mask yeah, uh,
2: which he gets to do we'll in the next film
0: but again, that's a throw to what's coming yeah. later. He wants to wear a mask. Well, not or, many of them can.
1: Also, eagle eye viewers, when they're entering, once they pass the Kremlin security, uh, you will spot Hendrix walking ahead of
0: them. But, uh, but, you, but, you, but you, you don't I didn't know. spot him he, at that point.
1: He, well, he, 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 you don't really know if you're actually, you know, looking, he's literally just like just off frame and you can sort of see on when they cut, you'll see him walking off. But because because he's like because we haven't really been introduced to him yet, we don't know if we could be anyone really. But he is there, you know. It's so yeah. I yeah, spotted that there that spot, that, uh, today. But anyway, yeah.
0: Just going to look up Michael Ny. I keep talking, folks. I'm looking up Michael Nyquist. He's passed away now, actually. But I wanted yeah, to I see what a he years was in. I didn't. He? I wanted to see what was it he was in oh, my before it, this. Yeah, he died of lung cancer, actually. He yeah, was in the girl with a dragon tattoo before this, which I had seen before this that's came a out. Good but yes, I would have recognised him. The original with. Um, what's she called?
1: Oh, Numi Pass.
0: Numi Rapaz, that's right.
1: That's
0: one. The, the one who fans confused with their ex husband, who was Inspector. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they get into the room, but as soon as they're in the room, it turns out to have been a bit of a sort of. Yeah,
1: the, f- the file's gone. Uh, so, yeah, so... And Communicated
0: fi- very well because it's on tapes and the spool of tape is not yeah. there. And Just the holder of the tape is.
1: I, I get the impression that the whole thing was a setup by him, so they're yes. there, so he can rob and then set them up for the thing. And he, he goes on the, on the radio frequency. He needs a device. He needs yeah. the
0: device that's going to sort of use the codes to affect him, mm. to fire, basically to fire yeah. the mist but Um. we don't really know about the missile yet it's a bit later we see footage of that I think I think we see that on the train later Mm. okay so this is all really really good that's the main set piece of this but obviously as he goes to get out they have to split up Benji has to try and get out Mm. a different way he effectively gets out of the building and it turns out he's got a reversible coat yeah so he turn- he changes out of sort of Russian military stuff and just becomes a tourist. Puts on these glasses, and just as that happens, explosions behind him—massive, yeah. massive amount of explosion in one corner of the Kremlin it's absolutely flattened.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is, obviously this is like a, a massive international incident. He wakes up in a hospital. Yeah. Um, handcuffed.
0: Handcuffed with um, basically a, an agent there, a, yeah. a Russian, a Russian agent there. Mashkov, I think he's called. No, Mashkov's the actor. Sidorov.
2: That's it. Yes. I've missed out a a swathe of Russian actors from the cast list, so apologies.
0: To be honest, in every other week, we haven't really done the cast list anyway. It's just the way these episodes have unfolded, so don't worry about it.
2: It's just the way that I've kind of hijacked my introduction to the boring old one and done the more exciting one instead.
0: Yeah, so now we've actually got, it it appears, the, the IMF have blown up part of the Kremlin. The Russian news is basically saying it was a gas explosion.
1: Yeah, and then you have like basically like um, an agent of their foreign intelligence, of Russian foreign intelligence,
0: is is um... now after them. Well, he's it, got them at this yeah. point. but he, he has a bit of a conversation. Nice throwback to three. He can lip read. Mm. So yes, he yeah, I noticed that. that was quite
2: interesting callback. Cool,
0: but... Looks around for a moment, and Ethan's free and out on the uh, out on the roof, which reminded me of Salt. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the born the first one.
2: Yes, <laughs> the born um, movies.
1: Yeah, but there's a little bit of like, oh crap! What 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 do I do when he sees an opportunity? And he just he he's goes... got
0: just trousers on. That's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah, he he, he goes down uh, the zip line. Zip z- 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 line down cell phone line with the belt and... Ont-
0: onto the top of a truck which he immediately falls off and hits these cobbles really hard yeah
1: you think oh fucking hell that would hurt yeah he you- you-
0: probably breaks something in Fall fairness and but- again yeah. agent on the run he's just grabbing stuff off clothes lines and yeah. just picking up a phone to ring in bring in the, on the extraction run. so he is extracted by the secretary hey and <laughs> and William Brandt which is Jeremy Renner's analyst character Yes, analyst in
1: quotation marks.
0: I felt his absence from the two films that followed. I don't know about you guys. I know he's in Rogue Nation but they didn't know what to do with him.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of goes back to being like, you know, of um,
0: the guy on the phone.
1: Yeah, the guy, the guy at a desk kind of role, which he's yeah. actually all right at cuz he's he's good at um doing um he's very good at being deadpan humor, being that kind of guy, being, being I mean the... it
0: really does add to this whole they thought briefly about replacing Tom, idea, mm. doesn't it? Because yeah. after this was successful, and Tom had like the first Jack Reacher and stuff like that, it was almost like they thought, no, no, no let's not, let's stick with him. This that that was good, that works. Yeah. And I, and Brad Bird was saying the same thing. They just couldn't believe how like fit he was. He was the fastest runner on the set. I mean, when they got a guy into like replace him for one sequence because he was doing second unit, we'll come to that later. There's only one scene he's doubled in. The guy wasn't as fast as Tom Cruise. He was nearly 50 at this point. So, you know, I, I think this film really... They, they they obviously saw the rushes from this and went, forget it, he's he's fine. Yeah. Um. But the only way he would have been in the Fallout film was if they'd killed him off. That was an idea, and he said, no, I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I do like Jeremy Renner, but I cannot see him being a lead... Well, it didn't
0: really work in the Born Legacy for me.
1: Uh, no, I mean the thing is, there's nothing wrong. I, I do actually like him. He's got really good um, sensibility about him. He's got he he has that kind of very
0: uh, I want to say he's another one who can do almost anything within the action. Yeah, he's,
1: he's pretty
2: much kind of you know if you want something done, he'll do it. So he's he can turn his hand to any talent. He's
1: got he's got a very grounded sense of humour. Like he you know he he's one of those. Like, it's quite dry, actually. P- yeah, particularly picking this film, he's very good for like sort of that sort of speaks to the audience. So, so he's so like like uh, later on in the film, he's like with Benji, he's like, so you want me to jump into a fan? But you yeah, but I catch you, right? Okay. He's great. at great.
0: That idea is batshit. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, we've seen from things like Endgame, he can do emotional very well. I think he's pretty good at humour. We can see in this film, he's very very good at closing in hand to hand action it's the one thing he's probably better than cruiser actually and um yeah so he's he's really good but obviously yeah we don't see an awful lot of him after this one but it uh yeah so now ethan is picked up by um those two they're sat in kind of a limo or something so think london taxi style he's ethan's got his back mm, to the driver yeah. facing to those two sat in the passenger seats yeah, um... and I love the, I love this conversation. Talking of Brant's humour, it shows here, doesn't it? When when the secretary starts saying what the plan is, first off, he says we've been disavowed, the yeah. IMF has been shut down. As far as they're concerned, you have just atta- attacked a foreign, you know, body. Um, you will be now taken home, where you will be tried for this and painted as this, um, unless, <laughs> and they just lays out a plan for him. Yeah, you injure you injure the two of us. <laughs> so... And he's like, "Sir." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then then we get the someone's about to die bit where he goes, "I've been... always considered you as a friend." Yeah, and yeah, and you're the best, and all the rest of it. <laughs> and he's shot, and then we got Tom Cruise a nice shoot shooting from inside a car as it crashes, mm. and he's trying to balance himself against the ceiling and stuff like that. It goes into the water and then the agents all turn up to basically shoot at it.
1: Yeah. And um yeah, so uh Jeremy Renner he's he's doing the well, at the moment we don't know that he is uh, an actual fully field agent really. I mean Just... we
0: suspect because he's Jeremy Renner. Yeah. But but yeah, we don't know.
1: And he and he's playing throughout the through. He, uh, he's he's kind of like questioning what will that work or did, You know when he when he uses that dead body he, as a
0: he, he is he is playing. I don't know field work. Yeah, reminded me a little bit of um, the Gareth Mallory character Inspector uh, Skyfall. Sorry, where it's like, well, I wouldn't know of these things, and it actually turned out he was injured in active service. Hmm. It's a similar sort of idea that no, I wouldn't know about these things. I'm just a desk jockey, you know. So that's really yeah. cool. So the getaway, I love the, uh, the, the the living on your wits as well because what he does is basically light a flare mm. and stick it up the sleeve of Tom Wilkinson's character. So they shoot at that under the water, and he says to him afterwards, "How did you know that would work?" And he said, "Well, I didn't."
1: Yeah, it's just like
2: look, yeah, he goes he, on a hunch a lot of the time, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, but it's says, like look, I just gave no, I I, I just I just assumed that they were there were they were there to like shoot at anything that moves, so I gave him a target.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, <so> the secretary <laughs> has said to him. There's one cache of weapons we have overlooked, you know, on the train. So that's where they head. They head. Yeah, it basically nice kind of sets
2: it, sets it all up, doesn't he? Basically,
0: so, well... The train's moving, and he's trying mm. got got to try and get eye recognition and stuff like that.
1: But again, it's a constant movement. Everything is like, all oh, right, just escaped this. We had a bit of explosion. We need to go here, and all of a sudden, right, okay, we need to get in hit, drop in the train. Oh crap, it's moving. We have to like kind of do the code while movement. And even though it's not particularly tense scene, it's constantly moving. Everything is kind of like right, you know. It's it, you know. It's it's nothing's standstill. It's, very it's much...
0: always it's always in motion. And when they have to stop to give us exposition, they're on something that's on yeah. its way somewhere, be it a car or the train as it as it comes. He is told his crew are there waiting for him, so they get onto the. They're, they're basically hmm. in all that's left of the IMF, which is a fairly high tech weapons cache held within a cargo train, basically. Yeah. And there, there is a there is a film of um, Hendrix speaking, isn't there? Mm. And he is basically laying out, yeah, his Iron Man eye credentials and how, you know, the inevitability of war and actually how, rather than try and stop it, let's try and get it to touch everyone equally, and build from that. Yeah, it's a bit in line with Fallout. You know, before a great peace, there must be a great bloodshed, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, the yeah, the 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 villains tend to have that kind of uh, that ideology of like just of this kind. I of, will burn.
0: What's that saying? I'll I will burn down this village to save it, sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Almost like yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway. So they're, yeah. They're, they're on the train. They they basically have have their mission. Yeah. Uh. They 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 establish where they they need to go, and we're 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 we're, we're like forty minutes in, heading straight to Dubai
0: yeah i mean i did do a little time check when they were obviously you're right because there's a bit of them getting into dubai and driving there and round camels Mm. and a bit of establishing shots i did a time check when they got into the hotel room their hotel room and it was 53 minutes and i was thinking well we've had relatively little action so far and that at that point i looked up the budget because i'm thinking how deceptive it is that Mm. the film has kept moving to the degree that you think you've had loads of great action and you've had a relatively small scale prison breakout the end of an action sequence with the other imf team and then basically the only real action in that sequence at the kremlin was them sort of in the water mm. there wasn't a lot of action it was tom walking away from stuff and he was walking calmly walking The all the shots for this film is him with, with the hood up and it is that jacket he stole um so yeah they head to Dubai he does make a, he is contacting someone isn't he which I, yeah. I think turns out to be Luther I think um, they head to Dubai because uh, Hendrix or, it's not Hendrix it's one of his team uh,
1: it's only Wistrom y- yeah Wistrom ba- it's basically the, the, it turns out, out to be
0: Hendrix actually but they yeah. find out Wistrom is going to be there to meet the Leia Seydoux character Moreau Moreau sells this stuff for diamonds basically hmm. And so she's going to sell the codes to him. He's gone and got the equipment that will make use of the codes out of the Kremlin and framed the IMF into the bargain, the one team that can probably stop him. And now he's gone there to meet them, and they've they've gone to interject. And again, it's this is the bit that drew Brad Bird in. The whole mission idea is like, well, hang on a minute, how are we going to be holding a meeting with them when she thinks mm. she's holding a meeting with them? Well, we're going to give the hotel a bit of a facelift. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say, just before like, you guys talk a little bit about the sequences, they really sell the height of the Burj Khalifa. Firstly, you see it in the distance, so you see mm. how tall it is. Later on, they show how far Ethan has travelled when he leaves it, when you see it in the background. But also, you get establishing shots, and you get a shot more or less in line with the top of it. Mm. And there are skyscrapers, tall skyscrapers, seemingly miles below it. Yeah. It's it, incredibly tall.
1: It's very tall. In fact, I felt... I always kind of feel, like, really sorry for the cameraman because they put their... their While well, Tom Cruise is up there climbing, getting all, like, wow, look at all the ac- accolades. Like, imagine being like a cameraman have having to shoot down for that fucking hell.
0: Just looking it up, the um, Burj Khalifa is 829.8 metres tall. That's 2,722 feet. Still the Tourist largest... building thing. in the world. Yes, still.
2: To this day.
1: What, so, yeah. it's, so it's not the, uh, the that building that the rock was in, the skyscraper?
0: No, sorry. Yeah, but this one doesn't have a big garden in the middle.
1: Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. it's,
0: it's just, honestly, you look at it on a skyline, look at any picture of it where you get some of the Dubai skyline and you will see skyscrapers next to it that would top out most major cities and it is totally dwarfed by it.
3: mm
1: how big's the World Trade Center?
0: Oh, what the new one? Yeah. Uh, hang on a minute. Let's have a look. So it's that's got to uh, be close. I'm not sure it is. I mean, World Trade. Apologies for the typing. World Trade Center. Uh, let's have a look. It's one World Trade Center. The that one, isn't it? That is. It's yeah. the tallest building in the United States. Well, that's to be expected. in fact. It is sorry i'm struck it is 1700 and something so it's 541 meters well 546 to the tip so it is a less than two-thirds of the size. no it's about two-thirds of the size Yeah. yeah so the old world trade center buildings was hang on the original world trade center was I'm taking up too much of the show for something I can't find, but yeah, Light it's up. still it's still significantly larger than mm. most most of the stuff in the world. But also, well, I mean, the the tallest building in North America is two thirds the size. That tells you it's massive. Yeah, so much that it's designed in almost sections. It would it it's not even one unbroken structure really. So okay. yeah, the plan is she will meet uh, the character uh, the Lea Seyde character Moreau. We'll meet with two people that they she thinks are the buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, the plan is to go in with masks and that you know, and, but it's going to be masks. And at yeah. the same time, Paula Patton will be or the Jane Carter character will be wearing a Moreau mask yeah. and meeting the real people. And what they what Benji does is go around the the two floors and change mm. the numbers. And then they need to get control of the elevators and cameras so, A, they can see when they're coming, and also they can play with the elevators so they think they're getting off at the right floor when yeah. they're not. But, of course, they've got to get into the server room to get access to it. Such a small detail. We're used to them just hacking in. This is, yeah. this is written around an action sequence, really, but what an action sequence. Because,
1: yeah, because... It... Because on a limited time frame, so right, we've got like when it gets 33 in, go, minutes, I think it is. Yeah, and 33 then, minutes at the start. And, and it's literally because obviously they have no backup, they're like, Benji's literally assessing it when he gets in, right, let's have a
0: look at the system. Oh crap. Normally right. I would call this guy, but that guy doesn't officially exist now. Yeah. I can hack him, but it would take longer than 33 minutes. So yeah. had they arrived in Dubai that morning, maybe. But they've only just you know they're on a tight yeah. time frame
1: and they sort of like yeah out, out, out level like going for the air vents and the uh, elevator shaft it's like not enough time so so they're
0: on the 119th floor i think it is because they have to change they have to change the mm. you know, to 118 because yeah. floor below and he's got to go up another i think it's 11 floors and seven units to the left <laughs> to get into a server room from the outside there was a bit of a confusion on language here because they say the firewalls are too big to go from the inside. Well firewalls are a software solution, not a physical solution. But it doesn't matter. The point is they can't go through the front door yeah. into that room. The security's too strong. So they've got to go through a window.
1: And yeah I just I just love how like Bench's like well we, we we need to get in into the, the uh need to get into into the room. And, like, just and, easy. and Tom, just and Tom Cruise is like we? It's like well, well I'm on the computer <laughs>
0: yeah the only thing that was convenient is they said grab only what you need yeah and yet they've thought to grab these magnetic gloves although we did see them on the train
1: yeah well you never know do you
0: i guess Yeah. so now we go to what for me there's stunt work across the series to come that i still think wow that's impressive sometimes it's not always the most impressive sequence Mm. I've mentioned before him driving against the traffic on the Champs-Élysées. There's more impressive looking stuff than that. But when you just consider the balls to do it on a bike that isn't meant to be driven on cobbles. Yeah. That's incredible. But in terms of impact, has there been anything in the series like this? This was shot in IMAX as well. Because
1: it's just so... And honestly,
0: if you do have Vertigo, this must be fucking unbearable. I would hazard a guess most people have a slight fear of heights. Yes, most people are a little unsettled by heights, aren't they? Even if you can do it, you're a little bit like, "Oh, don't look down."
1: Yeah, yeah, because there is a "fuck me, that's high." Um, well and, and considering the fact that you know, he gets like, you know, when he, when he when he gets to the window, he's, he's trying to go, and he's there, he's there, literally just propped up, pressed up against it. Like, With imagine one how, working hand that could go <laughs> like, at any time. Like, it's just like, you think about how high you would be and you're literally just like, you're next to nothing.
0: Yeah, you are, at least, because he's not right at the top, you are three quarters of a kilometre in the air. About half a mile. Yeah. Off the floor. Um, and this was all done, Tom Cruise has doubled in a couple of shots for reasons that I've already hinted at and I will get back to because it's coming fairly soon. He's not doubled here at all. He's covered in wires that were like digitally painted mm. out, so there were harnesses and so on. But Tom Cruise did this for real.
1: And one, one note: you don't think about this at the time, but because like the, because of the harnesses, they can only sort of film for short periods of time because like they'll be cutting off like the the blood supply to his legs, circulation. So yeah. his, his, his legs would, would be going numb.
0: He has to keep going out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just insane. You think about. So all he these...
0: starts climbing up with two magnetic gloves, and the one thing that this does give us that you would never get in a spider-man film for example is the weight of the human body climbing is difficult you know and Mm. and his feet are not attached so his feet are having to sort of scale up the inside of window frames Mm. and things like that and of course one of them breaks down one of the gloves breaks Um, again at the same time they're trying to create masks and we later find out that's failing as well
1: yeah
0: so it's absolutely terrific and then, of course, just as he's about to get in the window, the thing he's cutting the window with well doesn't break he falls mm. uh, he falls a lot of feet and just c- catches on one it's just incredible that, I, the- I did think d- d- your hand would be fucked I mean I don't know how i
1: mean they must be on like on so tight those gloves if they you know they would he'd even fall out of it, fall out of that glove from that impact. Or it would or, rip
0: all the ligaments in your wrist.
1: Yeah, or 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 your shoulder would just pop out, or something like that. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you'd be fucked basically.
0: But the, the bit I found tensest was eight well, three things are really tense. Firstly, the fall.
1: Yeah.
0: Secondly, the um, when he's swinging against the window with one attached glove, which yeah. could, which we feel like could fail. And obviously, the, once he gets the thing in there and finds that very um, conveniently hmm. um, placed sort of hose. Where he swings into towards the window and actually just releases a, to let his body weight like carry him towards it. Yeah. Again, at no point would have Tom Cruise been unconnected, but he did that swing and swing at an open window for real. I just, I, I'm just in fucking awe of it, and I, I imagine... and, and,
1: and gets his head head's like smashed against mine. My... Because <laughs> that's the yeah. other thing; it ends on that, and you think, fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just as he gets in the window and he's sat there going, fucking hell, Benji walks in all triumphant with it. It wasn't easy. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was but difficult. Yeah. He's just changed some numbers on some doors. <laughs> yeah. Two things then happen. Firstly, they see on the... on. Firstly, Leia Sedu arrives early. Yeah. So she's already in the elevator. Secondly, they see the two arrive one of them is Mm Wistrom, but the second one is accompanied by a a guy who's like a nuclear code expert we've missed we've jumped over a scene where he's with his wife and daughter about to have dinner in their apartment and he's basically kidnapped and they're kidnapped and he's forced to go along to authenticate the codes they don't know who he is but he shows it to he says come on you're an analyst who's that and he's able to identify Mm -hmm. him and suddenly the masks don't work, and then we've got the next tense bit. Have they ever met Moreau before?
1: Yeah, and and, and it's right up there. It's like right until right until the door opens. Like, well, what what do they what if they do know what they look like? <laughs> do you know That's what I mean? And it's like, well, too late. We have to just give it a go. choice. Just... Yeah.
0: So yeah, lots of things of sort of trying to hold elevators and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. How did you find all of this, Becca?
2: Yeah, again, pretty good.
0: Um,
2: yeah, there isn't much in this film that I don't like, to be honest. Um, I see what Chris means about like the animation side of it, um, and again, that scene where he had to descend to the shaft <laughs> just before he gets to the giant fan. Um, but yeah, to be fair, I kind of I'd be kind of like you know one note, one note person, unfortunately. Um, literally watching this film, you're going to be sold a seat. You're going to want to use the edge of it.
0: It just, felt, it just felt like such a rising standard
2: yeah, yeah definitely well certainly certainly from the you know the film that we covered last week but certainly here on in as well like, this is kind of where obviously slightly cheaper but again all the money's on the screen um, but yeah this is kind of where you know just starts getting better and better really
0: so on to the meeting itself
1: yeah I mean what what also I also really took for is um, oh, Jane Carter obviously has impersonated someone who she has a A bloodlust for, she's like wants revenge. Yeah, she
2: really hates her definitely.
1: And uh... that's
2: a really good fight actually between the um, between the two.
1: But like before that, she's like you know she she obviously she wants to and she has to impersonate her. So and she's she's hearing her over the the intercom and she's like oh I've killed the best, and she's like.
0: So it's, a couple her, of times she pauses and it nearly gives her away. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: well, well, uh, well. Maybe a really fake French accent probably gave her away.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean the fight. The fight <laughs> and, and about reminded
0: me of the one between the mm uh, the, the MMA uh, fighter and um, yeah. Michelle Rodriguez about yeah. uh, seven. Obviously, same city. Um, yeah. So they go into this is just tense as shit because mm. the timings are incredible. Uh, Brandt has put in a. A Lens that will read the codes and spit it out into a briefcase in the other room Mm. That will have false codes in it and at the last minute with that guy there They've got to do a last-minute reprogram to make it spit out the real ones and they're saying Well, what's the point in giving him the real ones? Well, we've got no other choice he's it will be given away if he sees fake ones and if we give it away now he's just gonna find some other way to do this we're go- we've got to get this fixed now yeah in other words he's got to get out with the coat and then we've got to get after him
1: and yeah so you know um also with the the thing in his lens is like twitching which is also like gives 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 um uh layer
0: Sedu's character um the heads up yeah it's like to be honest that's a lovely bit of acting as well because it's quite mm. hard to make your eye twitch uncomfortably yeah without putting something in it and then your eye could water uncontrollably so just a nice little touch um
1: yeah because like again it's like you think about it he's like well, he's going to have to like keep it straight and and must hold it there for a certain length of time
0: yeah and he's got to be seen to be reading this stuff but yeah. actually getting enough of an image for it to transfer it's really really good stuff um, and you've got Benji going between the two floors mm. with a fake arm as kind of a
1: play french
0: <laughs> Yeah, going as a waiter, and effective. What I loved was the little touch, that the transfer of the the, the logistics of this must have been a nightmare. It's in that they crazy. Must have, well, they must. Have, it's not that. It's deceptively difficult because it doesn't sound that hard until you suddenly realise you've written a version where, hang on, we need to transfer the diamonds now, but we haven't got them from the other meeting yet. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The timings have to be impeccable because the diamonds are handed mm. over in one meeting. And then swiped by Benji to be handed over his payment in the other one.
1: And also you got the sort of time delay how like that you know, he wants access to the case, but the, 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 the uh
0: documents the stuff have to to off. Yeah, so they've gotta keep distracting him. So
1: it's like, oh how let me find a key and
0: <laughs> Yeah, and then the longer you leave it, the more chance Jeremy Renner's gonna get caught out yeah. for the twitching. The more, ch- you know, Simon Pegg's got to, like, Benji's got to swipe things without being noticed. It's really, really, it's it's an exquisite piece of writing. And I see why this attracted Brad Bird. And I can tell he enjoys this bit of the film because he's put so much mm. effort into it.
1: And given the fact this just comes straight off, you got basically you, your main selling point of the film. It's constantly moody. Like, you know, it, keeps, it is... You know, this could be really he, he, flat
0: after like the action sequence, one of the action sequences of the decade.
1: But it, it, it's almost like it sort of catches the ball and keeps running with it. It's like, oh well you just had the bit the big main selling point. Well how about another bit, another tense moment?
0: But it's a different type of tension. Yeah. It's not like oh, and,
1: and, and then and then after that all of that will give you a big chasing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, so eventually they um yeah, Leia say do spots spots the twitching, looks at his eye enough to see a slight reflection mm. of this kind of pattern on the lens. Yeah. and then that turns into an enormous fight, and Paula Patton is basically informed she's that like, Leia say right, is on the, she's on the move. <laughs> right,
1: let's um, Yeah, so she 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 does you know apprehend her, even though it's like you know Leia say does seem to like. For for Master Assassin, she does seem to like lose her shit, like after leaving, like yeah. the she obviously she's like sort of struggles to get a gun out and starts looking like dead panic, panicky. Yeah. Um. But yes, yeah, so she she manages to apprehend her for questioning. Uh. But obviously, you know they've they've killed off um, the Little the, touches,
0: the glass is still not in the window. Yeah. They've had to remove the window for Tom Cruise to get out. And they're back in their suite.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, uh, Benji sort of watches her while and she goes goes into the next room, and you see her hands shaking from it. It's like very, very...
0: even working out who's in which suite as well. Yeah. They've got to have Leia Sedu in the suite where the window isn't. Mm. It's really good.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah. So there, there's a bit of a
0: scuffle. And um, yeah. Also, before the sequence, we are told not to kill these characters off because they are the only links, and mm. so therefore they are assets. So. Yeah we are set to understand that Sabine Moreau is not to be killed. And, of course, that goes wrong as well. Yeah. Because they're fighting near an open window, and basically, just as she's about to be... Well, firstly, Benji had a gun on her, but he gets distracted.
3: Mm.
0: And to cut a long story short, we get a bit of a sort of fight between the two ladies, and then in comes Jeremy Renner, and basically distracts her long enough that she is kicked out of the window. Mm. But Paula Patton gets a bit of a hard title. Jane Carter gets a bit of a hard time for that later, but actually, the way the scene is choreographed, it was the only way, really.
1: Yeah, it, it plays in more defense because she had a gun. They um, uh, like said they did have a gun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's, it was just like it, it. It plays more. It it plays more of instinct more than anything. Either. It's
0: like, that's it. Instinct. It wasn't. No choice is wrong because that it implies it's been thought through. It hasn't. Yeah. It's almost. It's almost it's, a reflex. It's like oh,
1: oh shit, he's got a gun. Kick it kick to. to you get it down. Oh shit! She's falling out the window. It's like yeah. well, it's like that.
0: Straight into a demon five okay. and. Yeah. <laughs> so um, a bit
2: much, I
0: think. So Tom now has to get out. Ethan has to get right after um, Wistrom who will give away right yeah. now at the end of this sequence. Removes, removes a mask, and Hendrix was there himself.
1: I don't really see. The, is there a point to that though? Like, why would he go there himself?
0: Removes or wh- the why, why would he? Of... Oh, why would you uh, removes a not... degree of risk because it could get lost in transit, I suppose. Uh, I, I guess. I, I uh... think it was. I do think it was more written around a reveal of him rather mm. than an actual plot reason for him actually to be there. Probably. But it's okay.
1: It's all Probably. Right. Also, you got the, the, the little sort of casual thing. Uh, Tom Cruise still got his um, goggles. Yep.
0: Which sure is useful is. later. But little yeah. plot points. That's the sort of thing. I have never written a script in my life, but it's the sort of thing that you think of in like the fourth draft. Yeah. It's been carefully rewritten. It's like, well, let's have that wrinkle. Let's have that wrinkle. And I almost think that, I almost think I can he- hear Macquarie's voice in that. You know, that Macquarie's really good at that. Let's put that there because that pays off there. For somebody who's like an Oscar winning writer, he's actually very pragmatic.
3: Mm.
0: Whenever he talks about the makings of the film, he tests the film a lot. He puts things out in, he takes them out again. He tries different things. Let's just put an insert of that in. And that's very present here.
1: Yeah, because it is very much like very throwaway. Because it's obviously when he's climbing, he had the goggles on. Yeah, and yeah, I, and, and and it's literally he get picked up before he goes in. And he kind of goes, oh shit! And we get a it his Pocket.
0: We get a reminder because he searched and it just pulled out and he just does does a little sort of George Clooney head tilt.
1: He just goes like, yeah, kind of like shrug. Go.
0: There it is. Yeah, like so what? So yeah, Ethan has to get after basically what we think is Wistrom. Uh, yeah. The the guy authentic the court codes has been shot because he would just be added weight really Mm. so tom takes off running basically (laughs) he does all literally running up from a storm well he he, that was seeded earlier as well because you see the start of the yeah storm while he's because that was another thing bird said if a storm suddenly came in there you'd go how convenient but it was seeded while he was climbing just so well thought of this is all set up and pay off it's a really really tight piece of scripting He sets off after him. I just noticed Tom's running here is very A-grade because he's really lifting his knees. Some quality running here (laughs) as he gets after him. And the score evokes The Incredibles.
2: It really does. It really does. When you mentioned it earlier, I was thinking, "Mm, I think I know what Dave's getting at.
0: Yeah. yeah. You were thinking the same thing, yeah? Mm. It's not a lift. It isn't The Incredibles, but it's got the 60s spy caper feel to it.
2: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what The Incredibles is all about. It's kind of his... It is very um, John Barry. There is uh, threads of Barry within within that within that score, definitely.
0: John you know um, no, Depp would would I would knock a fucking Bond. I'd love
2: him to do one. That'd be fabulous. I'd be quite happy if uh, if, if you know if Bond But it would have to a be a classic bit, but...
0: style globe trotting Bond film, not in yeah. depressed in Scotland.
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> depressed from Dundee. Um,
0: no, I'm not, not. I'm not going to Bond- London. I'm well, I'm not. Quite, I, I don't think Craig's Bond is as depressive as people make out because like
2: it was quite funny.
0: There's still quite a lot of like worldwide paper about it, but of course, it it's, it is a little bit more serious. And I think um, I think a Giacchino score would suit a slightly lighter take. But anyway,
1: maybe um, in a Chris Hemsworth-ish kind of.
0: Yep. Absolutely well not that we've mentioned that before. Um, <laughs> so yeah, big chase to sort of get after this thing and it's really it's done in sequences and it's all it's all got a sense of geography as well. she's got a sandstorm there, so again, goggles on, then sort of stealing something to wrap around his face, uh, quick changes of direction, tracking this vehicle, then suddenly realizing it's coming at him and he's yeah. sort of run over. and at the very end of the sequence, just to leap forward a minute. When the sandstorm clears, you actually see the Burj Khalifa in the background, so you actually see how far they've travelled. It's just thought through,
3: mm.
0: you know. It just, just that would have been location scouting. That would have almost been where do we want it to end? Right here is perfect because look where the Burj Khalifa is. Yeah, absolutely terrific. Uh, he doesn't get it though, does he? He doesn't get the codes. No. He gets away.
1: Everything goes to shit. Really, it's like oh crap.
0: But well, he uh, starts off distracted by the agent, doesn't he? Because the agent is in the um, lobby of the building.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: But yeah. So they get away. Then what?
1: Um, now, uh, Ethan's um onto um, uh, Brant because obviously, when they're having a fight, it's like, okay, well, you clearly know know some shit. So you're so
2: not, you're a
0: field agent, are you? Yeah. You're not quite an analyst, then, are you? Sorry. Yeah. yeah.
2: What's going I'm on? I'm a
0: hmm. on field agent. Of course. He is an analyst because his analyst skills have been tested and he passed, nice. but he's not just a, an analyst. And actually, Ethan proves it by just attacking him. Yeah. And that that sort of close-in hand-to-hand fighting with very efficient, quick moves is very of this decade as well. Mm. It's very. Oh yeah, ba- definitely. Ba- Batman Begins onwards had a lot of this. That was a all from
1: lot- sort of style.
0: Yeah, it's really good. So where do we go from there? <laughs>
1: We we have a bit of a you know Ethan kind of right I need to get out you know obviously um, teams breaking apart kind of thing oh or at least it's set up that way because he we he he gets uh, his Russian mate back doesn't he He
0: gets in touch with that's him. right he go yeah that's it he goes off to see the guy from um, Living Daylights um and he's sort of directed towards him to get and this is where why we found where we find out why he wanted Bogdan out in the first place. They've got links to all of mm. this, so. Um, but of course, Bogdan's mate sells out Ethan immediately. Anyway,
1: you always kind of think I'm, uh, like it's maybe kind of he knew he would do that, or it was deliberate anyway, just to kind of like know, just to kind of get everyone together, at the same same thing to kind of prove they're innocent, really. I yeah. don't know, but anyway.
0: I just think with this film, it's set up that they don't all the decisions they make, yeah. they can. They can display um, ingenuity in how they do things, but the things they have to do are predetermined, really. Mm. They've got no choice. They've got no backup. So he has to use this guy. But, yeah, he sold out immediately. And at the same time, um, Brant is telling the rest of the team what happened.
3: Mm.
0: We ought to just say what that is for anyone who hasn't seen the film. He was assigned to protect a couple. We don't immediately know who that couple is, but he's assigned to protect this couple um he had doubts about whether they were secure but he went for a run anyway one morning and when he came back they'd been she'd been killed by some serbians and he'd gone missing i think mm. um and he turned and he, then he reveals that was julia and a few days later he was introduced to um ethan and he realized that he'd failed to protect ethan and ethan's wife and that's why he stopped being a field agent because he'd failed and, uh... and next, next, they're told they've got to go to Mumbai.
1: Yeah. Um...
0: That's that's from Bogdan. Bogdan says they're going to be meeting in Dubai to meet with a an entrepreneur there to gain control of a satellite.
1: Yeah. So they're trying to get the uh, trying to get the code from him. That they they try and establish that so they can get access to. They can essentially break. Is it to to disrupt the the signal so they can't launch the. The, the missiles that that's what it is yeah I think so yeah um, so yeah and then, I guess again we, you know it goes very Bondy everyone's in the tux, at, like, a tux like this big lavish event uh, and they've so, all got their some jobs dog to do. some dog billionaire is being a massive creep in a re- in the best possible way He's you know he basically plays a
0: creep at... but he's being a, he's being the sort of creep that you wouldn't want your daughter involved with but he's kind of charming with it. He's kind of funny with it.
1: He's actually. a big I mean, kid, isn't it? That's what it is. He's a grown man. But be... he's like, a woman's interested in me, it, Yeah, <laughs> he's he's literally like, like sort of, he, he has a bit of a giddy, like, sort of like, oh, I'll have to find you, kind of thing. It's it just a little bit the... like, ugh, something about him makes you go like, this all's going to be fired at San Francisco. Yeah. So, yeah, time is of the essence. Uh, yeah. Brent... Uh, um... I keep I keep seeing Brett, keep thinking of Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just uh, uh, just Ethan there telling me what a superb job I've been doing.
1: <laughs> it's, a hot, it's, a bit, it's a bit hot here in the suit, isn't it? Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, I'm, a, I'm a field agent first, uh, and I'm a second, probably an entertainer third. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know.
1: Missed opportunity. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah,
2: really? Talk about
0: Richard Fudgey. I thought Ricky Gervais was appearing in stuff <laughs> like Alias not that long before
1: this. Well, fun <laughs> fact, it was, I think uh, Ricky Gervais was actually the first choice for Benji in 3.
0: Yeah, How
1: about that, you know? He so, was, now fun fact because y'all. Alias, but there you go. But uh, anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, so he he has to sort of travel through basically this big computer. Um, yeah. Doing that while, while being holed up by Magnet underneath. By Benji.
0: Yeah. What's he gone in there for?
1: Uh, I think he's there to relay the code. Like, he's gonna, he's, he, like he's there... They're trying to get the code off some dog melee there guy. Right. And then, once that once they know the code, they, they'll, they'll they patch it through. They need to send that, basically. Yeah, to, need... to get yeah. control of the satellite, I think. That's basically what it is.
0: And at the same time, Hunt's after Hendrix, who's actually got the code. Yes. To fire it in the first place.
1: Well, yeah, they... they... They don't know where they, they don't know where where they are, because um, they're they're literally there. To, but I think they're going to sort of like break the transmission, so they can't launch. Yes, um, sure. But anyways, yeah. So uh, Carter is trying to seduce her, even though uh, she's it's established in a in a deleted scene. But she is like nervous about it. Cause she doesn't really do, she hasn't really sort of seduced anyone before. Uh, but she's clearly nervous in in here um, and. Yeah, he's acting like a massive. Like a weird he's got he's he's he, he did, i I think he would make a good bomb villain. He has this kind of really sort of childish kind of mentality. I can I can I can I can see him throwing a massive hissy fit when things doesn't go his way. He's like one yeah. of those guys. Um. And there's also a little bit of a oh, what's that guy in License to Kill? Which has, guy? Uh, you know the the in the white suit and doing and telephone telephone. Bless things. your heart. Yes.
0: Wayne
1: there's, Newton. Yeah, there's a bit of a Wayne Newton thing Wayne about Newton. him. With, with his like, you know you know, pr- like private room or something, you know. <laughs> a,
2: he's really sleazy.
1: Yeah, there's a bit of that you know, bit of that bit of it reminds me of that. But anyway, um so that's the mission. They they managed to get the code, but it's too late. Um they 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 managed to get control of the satellite however they And they're do... dealing
0: with other things like power cuts and yeah. all the rest of it. So they need the power back on for Ethan to actually get the case off Hendricks to actually stop the thing before it hits San Francisco yeah. and explodes. Well,
1: what they find what they find out is that his location. So they try to sort of go there, but before they manage to get there, they 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 launch the missile. And that's, that's right, because yeah. he's in a
0: car with Paula Patton. Yeah. And it's like it's fired. It's like because first off, Ethan is I can get there. Yeah, but it fires and it's like right. I, we need to get after him then. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah, so Hendrix runs off with the case while um uh Rostrom stays stays um with the mainframe while, you know, uh Pat Patton goes after they have a bit of a shootout.
0: Like any film in in few, in recent years, probably post Star Wars, it, it's cross cutting a fair bit. Yeah. It reminded me it's not necessarily a compliment, although I don't mean it as an insult, but it reminded me of things like insurrection where you've got um Jean-Luc Picard doing stuff, but then it cuts to, like, Riker right, yeah. having a fist fight, and you think, actually, in that case, it's just to give that character something to do, and it's a little bit like that with Jeremy Renner and this guy, but mm. it, it work, it's working okay, but, yeah, what we need to see is Ethan and Hendrix, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's part of the team aspect is what everything is about, like, well, the team... Everyone, everyone's everyone got the roles, like, this needs doing as well as this needs doing, or this needs to, hmm. to both happen. No, it's sold
0: as necessary, yeah. but obviously the, the whole reason to write that in is, is this. Because yeah. you don't really need Wisdom at this point, but fair enough.
1: Um, And so, yes... Yeah, so, so it's a
0: fight in a car park, really, isn't it? Yeah. Or a car factory or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is is one of, my like, big fancy car parks. Um, yeah, whatever. the cars
0: are being lifted on platforms. Yeah.
1: Things. It's just quite an interesting sort of... Um, fight sequence and yeah so basically what what you have is he cuts fight to the very end wish um hendrix uh grabs a briefcase and basically commits suicide by just sort
0: of yeah they're fighting over the case and again it's a little bit like uh quantum of solace with bond and mm. the guy at the start like trying to re- reach around to get the gun and things like that mm. it's a little bit like that but with a case and little ebbs and flows in it. Ethan has the upper hand at some point. The other guy has the upper hand at some point. And eventually, he literally just throws... He just, literally just kills himself. Yeah. He literally just throws himself off so Ethan can't get to that. And that jarred a little bit. I was a little bit like, I don't think they've sold the fanaticism quite enough. I didn't know that he was going to Maybe he could have just thrown the it. case off
1: and then just like had a fist fight, make sure Ethan didn't mm. jump after it or something.
0: It sort of works. But again, are there deleted scenes that sell the Probably. fanaticism a bit better? Yeah. But it's a minor, minor flaw. Mm. And again, very Fallout style, a very badly injured Ethan gets there with moments to go. Yeah. And at the same time, a bit like in Fallout, where they've got to do what they do in time for Ethan to press the button. They've got to get it online Mm. in time, which they just about do.
1: I'm not quite sure him driving the car off vertically and then surviving (laughs) is a bit of a push. Not not having his leg sort of crushed or or trapped at all in the wreckage, he's just, like, he's able to crawl
0: out. Injured. Yeah. Hence, after this, there's, like, an eight-week time jump to the mm. final scene because he's so badly injured. But, yeah, they they stop it to the point that it's literally about to hit San Francisco. It's, yeah. like, hundreds of yards away, and it cuts out just in time to clip the edge of a building yeah. and go straight into the water.
1: While, really while, cool. while he says, mission accomplished.
0: Which was funny. That was like, but it, they do call him out for it because yeah. Luther's like, "You said that."
1: You actually said that out loud.
0: It, it is assimilate this bitch. Yeah,
1: pretty much. But it, something tells me—I mean, obviously it was deliberate—but something tells me that was like an idea Tom Cruise have Like, it wouldn't be funny if I, if 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 I if I did that and then we can have like Luther call me out on it. Yeah. It just sounds like such a thing. Like, I've got an idea.
0: Just cause you know, he's just Tom that... Cruise is, is self aware enough, I think, to know that's not a funny line, but he's also self aware enough to know it would work if you call it out.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a guess, of course, because it's not mentioned in any of the interviews, but yeah, that's what I think.
1: And yeah, so we have the next scene there. Are they in San Francisco or Seattle?
0: Seattle at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh, of yeah, course, Sid- Sidorov, the agent, was there to see all this, so he realizes the IMF is innocent, so they're off the hook with Russian yeah. authorities now as well. That's yeah.
1: Uncool. He goes like, uh, you know, w- w- where to now? Hospital, hospital. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so we got to eight weeks later, and I just I like this choice actually. The the little sort of bar they're sat out uh, uh, outside is just mm. nice nice to look at. It's a nice yeah set.
1: yeah, and then the casual beer. Um, um, yeah, and nice to see Luther back.
0: Yeah. And, then... and yeah, he basically to cut a long story short. He hands out phones, doesn't he?
3: Hmm.
0: Just basically goes, you know, this team did this Here's with no help. So this is our team now. Again, it's it's setting up sequels again in a way that the previous films hasn't. I think they they knew they had something here. I felt all the way through this. They know they've they've got it. they they've actually hit the bullseye hmm. this time. They've peppered it for three films, and now they've hit it. And um, there's another hint coming in a minute that they really know what they're doing. And, of course, they pick up their, their phones with the exception of Brant, who doesn't. Yeah. And he's about to walk off, and Tom just puts his hand out and stops him. And he says, Ethan, I can't. And he sa- and he tells him why, and he says, I was the agent assigned. I failed to protect Julia, and she died. It all comes out. And no, Tom saying... Uh, yeah, Ethan says to him, how did you know she died? I saw a body. Did you know it was her? Yeah, did
1: you?
0: And just then, we see her in the distance. Mm. Coming out of the hospital with, yeah. like, big, biggie smalls or something.
1: It was all big fake. All a lie. Fakey, fake, fake, fake. I mean, <clears> I mean, it's fair. If you were
0: brown, you'd be pissed off. You'd be like,
1: hang on, I've been fucking... <laughs>
0: That has destroyed my career and my life for years. I've not even slept in four years since that happened.
1: Okay. I,
0: I, 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 it was I... part of a plot to get her out. And then he would go off and infiltrate the prison, but only the secretary knew about it. Yeah. So it was all to do with the mission we're in, actually. So again, they've, they've thought about the connective tissue. Even though it's a different director and different style, they're linking it mm-hmm. back. And Brandt is so relieved, he just joins. Yeah. And then you have a moment of Ethan and Julia seeing each other at distance, mm. and she smiles so warmly. So there's no hard feelings at, at all.
1: Yeah. And um, he said, like, sort of, it was never your job to protect her, it's mine. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a kind yeah. of, like, sense, like, yeah, I've always got, like, one eye her kind of, like, making sure that she's safe. Again, then...
0: nothing on this next week, which is another thing that elevates Fallout, because they were able to bring it back there, and we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks.
1: And then... Um... Yeah, then he gets this next, next mission, which I I did not I only really picked up this this week's viewing. I was like, shit, they actually mentioned the syndicate. Yeah. The then next the mission dog.
0: is there's been a security breach in such and such such and such a, a group calling themselves the syndicate.
1: Mm. Dun, dun, dun. And then uh, he
0: sort of d- disappears in the mist, and that's it.
1: Yeah, uh, good old uh, Mr. Possible score, very very well by uh, chiquino like we yeah. had last week. Um, and then yeah, good, good, jolly, good fun. I, I would say in my uh, closing thoughts. Um, yep, just kept moving. Not a dull moment. Gives plenty to look at. Good cast of t- of, of team members, Cruz doing what he does best. Great stunts. Not very really much more to say beyond that. I think it's a pretty solid entry. Uh, I think it's probably it's probably second best. I would say out probably next to Fallout. Um, we'll see how rogue nation stacks up
0: yeah rogue nation's going to be interesting for me because i remember being not disappointed the wrong word it's almost like i come out going oh, i'm very good i came out delighted with rogue nation but i just remember thinking ah there were set pieces in Gulf's protocol i preferred and there was stuff about julia in there yeah. and i don't need i don't need a lot of it but those little flavorings <laughs> around the ethan character were missing next time and they front-loaded the best action i yeah. thought um I just what? felt
1: with Rogue Nation that there was... I felt there were just missing um, a major set piece. Just a major set piece. They was just missing just a... Yeah.
0: Do, do you mean, know what the, I mean? The, the, the plane's good, but it's pre-titled and really quick. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's a great pre-title. I mean, it would be... If that was a Bond pre-title, you'd be going, Christ, that's one of the best in the series. Um, I suppose the next thing in Rogue Nation, and again, I've not seen it for a while, is the bike's but again we've seen similar in 2 although it's better than 2 and we see better vehicular stuff in fallout as well so i'm going to give it its due next week i remember really liking it i might get to it next week and with rebecca ferguson who i can't stress enough i think is really talented mm. and a perfect fit for like the spy genre because she's got that european feel mm. to her i think um i think it, it maybe it's possible i think it's a better film at the moment I think this is second to fallout. I'm not completely sure. But I just feel like they've hit the bullseye. I think that's probably it. You know, it's like you've had four goes now at doing it. And and there it is. You got it. You got it. You're doing that.
2: You you Um, found your speed. Hit your stride, really, haven't you? Yeah.
0: And and hence, Macquarie comes on board next time. and And it could easily have been a Brad Bird film in the same way. So um, that's all I want to add. I'm really, really happy with this. Uh, I would say that the time of it, it's a two and a quarter hour film or something. And I have to say when it started, I wasn't massively in the mood for a film today. I was watching a lot of like half hour, and hour stuff. I thought, no, I've got to watch it. I'm recording tonight. And I put it on and I looked at the running time because I couldn't remember what it was. And I thought, oh, two and a quarter. I'm not sure about this. Um, And it just flew by. I loved it. Just a terrific film with probably Mm -hmm. one of the great action set pieces of the decade and hence this is a very very special film and one of the better films we've covered and that's in esteemed company now because we've reviewed oscar winners and all sorts so terrific becca
2: yep all the above definitely edge of a seat really enjoyed it um really good you know solid entry into the series can't fault it and yeah things are still looking up
1: yeah we, we could potentially reach better yeah.
2: Yes, this is it. I, I think this probably might be like the top end of the ranking. You
1: know, so but, you know. <laughs> so quick review. Would you say this is the best mission possible so far, not not including not including the last two? What, this what, one what, and the last one. Would would it be would it be, um, would it be four, three, and, three?
2: Three, three and four so far are top for me? Yeah, and then obviously the next two will also rank very highly.
0: So, I think four stands on. I'll its be going own in reverse order. Four four stands on its own three and one i get a bit mixed up over only in the in terms of what i think in the three is a more propulsive film and a more engaging film with a bit more personal stuff in it as well whereas ethan was a blank slate in the first film but the first one has um a more experienced director giving the the film a feel and tone part three doesn't have so part three ends up feeling a bit more like a a very expensive tv film not a surprise from a tv director even the set pieces feel uh, like that whole fulcrum thing is shot like it could be a mixture of cg and sets it looks like a very expensive television production whereas something like the burj khalifa you can only do with a mm. a serious major motion picture budget so it's kind of four three and two three and one not sure and then two is just miles below any of them so far yeah but we'll revisit that at the end. We're not going to do a rankings episode; it's too short. But bear that in mind, folks. When we get to the end, we'll probably rank again just to say, well, you know, and balance, this is what we think.
1: And there we are. But Dave, um, yes, Chris, I, even though we've just reviewed this film, but I feel like I know fuck all about it.
0: Well, the worry is, I feel quite informed on the Burj Khalifa now. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's not going to be much good if we're suddenly called onto a uh, onto a very very perhaps they, they do an edition of Mastermind that is neither celebrities nor member of the public it's celebrities no one has ever heard of <laughs> um, and we're called onto it because they're like we want some absolute nobodies reality TV is just far too glitzy for us so you know we don't, want it, we don't want anyone as big as like Geordie Shaw for example Oh no. God! so we're called onto it and we sit down hoping every question is about the Burj Khalifa's height and then suddenly they start asking us stuff about this film and we could embarrass ourselves, Chris.
1: I mean, we keep doing this, really, don't we? We think we've come prepared. I mean, I think, I think we need some facts to save it. I think
0: one of our biggest strengths is our absolute boneheaded unwillingness to learn. <laughs> Except for two minutes every week <laughs> when we hand over to Becca for some fun facts because she's remarkably well-informed. I think we should test that this week by seeing how well-informed she is, Chris. What do you reckon?
1: I say fun fact me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking, fuck me. Uh, no, this is too no. much pressure. You <laughs> won't learn Fack anything me. at all. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to go Fuck me. Give me, <laughs> yeah. give, give, give,
1: give me the facts. Yeah. Just the fun fact.
0: Becca, give me facts that are fun as well. So when I do go on to Mastermind, not only oh. do I get Five questions right, because that's the only number of facts we're going to get. <laughs>
1: you you, you
0: entertain as well. To keep things quite, but the you know, audience quite tight. who were in the dark, out of the spotlight, can be heard tittering the, with, with pure <laughs> joy.
2: Um, yeah, fun fact number one: um, Paula Patton's character, Agent Carter, um, may well it's kind of a fact, but I think it is um, is a callback to um, Barbara Bain's character in the original series, um, the Cinema Carter. And obviously you've got a tenuous link to Jerry Anderson there, because Bob Bain also appeared in Space in 1999. Point number two, towards the end of the film, um, the missile, which kind of nicks the, tra- uh, the Trans-America building, um, is apparently heading towards the area of Emeryville in San Francisco, which is located near Pixar headquarters, and luckily just lands in the bay, so that's okay. Um, for fact number three, this is the first Mission Impossible film where none of the villains in the movie are IMF or ex-IMF um, IMF agents, uh, Fun fact number four, obviously the there is a big DC and Marvel connection, obviously Agent Carter um, is one of the final members of, of Shield, obviously. Um and obviously you got Jeremy Wayne who played Hawkeye. Um and you've got Ring rings obviously popped up as Chai T seven in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And also on the other side in DC Universe we had Tom Wilkinson who played Carmine uh Falcone, the uh the boss. Um in Batman Begins. Yeah. I've got another more even, you'll be even more enlightened about Bergic Leaf with my collection of other facts that I have. Um that's okay. three times tall as the Eiffel Tower and twice as tall as the Empire State Building. It took six years to build, twelve thousand workers worked on it per day, um with twenty two million man hours or people hours spent on its construction. It's the longest singing longest singing, longest single running lift elevator. The What's singing musical?
0: skyscraper. Longest There's a musical, musical everyone wants to see.
2: So, right, you've finished the singing tree. Up. screw that, we've got the singing elevator, so screw that. The longest single running lift slash elevator. 140 floors, travelling at 10 metres per second. So it gets, up you, gets you up there pretty quick, making up one of the fastest elevators in the world. I really had that other word, I have to use lift, I'm sorry, I've got to use the lift. Um, and it also has the highest outdoor observation deck in, anywhere, in any tall building of the world
1: that's fun folks no no facts just fun
0: yeah perhaps we'll try that in future weeks just fun
1: just just give be me fun. fun
0: Becca, be fun <laughs> <laughs> just <add them>. so
1: <laughs> i'll <laughs> make so, up some random facts so would you like to see any like or what uh, would we'll say any but would you want to see jane carter or uh, jeremy renner back for features uh for mission impossible movies
0: uh, I don't think you need Carter back. I think um, uh, we didn't get a lot of her anyway, and she was very linked to that one character that was killed. So if there is an arc there, it's kind of complete, I suppose. Um, whilst I don't mean you can only have one token female, her place has been taken by Ilsa. Uh, Jeremy Renner would happily see back if they can work him in. Yeah. Absolutely. I,
1: th- I think he was going to be in Fallout anyway, but I think it was just I think a lot of it was down to like time yeah. scheduling.
0: When the schedule got cut in terms of what he was able to commit to it's like well maybe we can just kill you off and he didn't want to do that but it was largely about keeping his options open so he is eventually there he could even be imf secretary when you think about it
1: yeah yeah could could be
0: wouldn't necessarily be a bad call but let's wait to see that that film sort of shoots next year so we'll we'll get more news on that there'll be new characters there always are mm. so we'll see it's whether they go back to the world with sean harris and stuff like that yeah whether they have um What's the character called? Um, the granddaughter of Max. Oh
1: she... yes.
0: Doesn't matter. We'll come back to it. But um, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, but yeah. What, what a what a massive leap forward in, in quality. I, I came out of this absolutely delighted. But um, yeah, and it was a really enjoyable rewatch. Social media, folks.
1: You can find me at Seven Traps on Twitter. You can also find uh, all our all our episodes at Seven UK. Though we all are. On all Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're on it. A
0: yep. lot Stitcher um, and YouTube, with the exception of a handful of music episodes, because it's such a right snafu with those things. I think the first one is there in a slightly edited form. We don't even bother now, but everything else is there.
1: Yeah.
0: With for me, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter.
2: You can find us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk. you can find us under the same name on Facebook and on YouTube at Expect Us To Talk. And if you want, you can drop us an email, Expect Us to Talk at gmail.com.
0: Okay, so we are really at the business end. We are two-thirds of the way through the Mission Impossible series. It, <laughs> this is it. it. I mean,
1: I know it's only six films, but it has flown by.
0: Yeah, it has. And, uh, it I, really I, has. I, uh, we've... It's not to say we didn't enjoy Marvel. We did, but this has just perked us up a treat we can just feel it when we're recording we're just looking forward to them more when we finish them we're like yeah that was so much fun so yeah i'm having so much fun with this series it's a shame it's going to be over soon although what follows excites me too so that that's it's still plenty of good stuff to come i'm really looking forward to the series we do next but we have two wonderful films left in this series beginning with becca
2: we're not going rouge we're going rogue do you expect to talk or return with Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation?